once again, welcome to the session, and uh, we're going to get in on the the B side of the split. And uh, like always, we're just going to get right into the recap, and then from there, right into the session. Ula, 20th of Stivos. 301 YOD. Almost midnight. Frost melted from the walls in streaks that steamed as the fire elementals and imprisoned primordials cackled and wailed their excitement. There were new warriors to be withered, and their fire would be theirs to let free. A dangerous but powerful decision to make. Clans would send their greatest warriors to heed the call of the Tomb Watchers, to heed the call of their new shepherds. These tools had never been spread among three separate hosts. That was both new and in some ways frightening to the guards as, the, as was visible on their faces when the party emerged from the tomb. The smoke that billowed from the volcano's mouth was an angry black that swallowed the moon's light. The blue twins were tired eyes, coming down from their last full moon cycle. It could be a long while before they were awake once more. The trials were fierce, but in essence that was the purpose of a trial. Now they bore his ring, his plate, and the sword, along with a small chest full of gems that held wisps of smoky light. It was the destructive power of ten mages at their disposal. Those traveling merchants would be waiting down at the boats which waved and rocked at the eastern edge of the frozen sea, and would be leaving at morning light on the 22nd of Stivos. There was time to make it, but not much to spare. It would take them far longer to venture south without sails of which to enslave the winds. And so we resume uh, with you guys having just completed the trials of the Withered Warrior and you're just now leaving the tomb. Um, Speaker Corrin is out there. The ten tomb watchers are out there. Um, kind of like you, you see different aesthetics of them. Uh, likely some of them are different representatives from different clans uh, of the Valakin. And there are two mages tending to cold fire uh, braziers there that are um, that are holding the, like the blue flames that are are rumored to consume all. And uh, and as you step out into the the moonlight that kind of like shimmers off of the snow, making it like honestly pretty bright. Like if you were to hold a uh, watch over a shift at nighttime, you'd probably see pretty well. Um, but after that battle, you're probably a little bit exhausted, and the guards are all looking at you with kind of a mixed sense of surprise that you had returned, and a mixed sense of confusion that the three pieces um, that the Withered Warrior held, the ring, the plate, and the sword, are separated and spread amongst the three of you rather than all being worn by the same person. Corrin speaks to you. You made it out. I went nod. And uh, Ruben nods as well. I, we, I did, had... uh, we did indeed. Now, if you please, uh, my flask. And Matthew will hold out his hand from the flask that he uh, proffered to the uh, speaker. Yeah, don't forget I... your coin either. He kind of like fumbles around your um, your or his stuff and, and hands you the flask after a moment, um, kind of stuttering a bit as... I, I, I had every faith that you would arrive out of there alive. I just... I feared at least one of you would be lost. This is good. 
I'm, I'm happy. Strength in numbers, as they say. How long had no been? easy challenge, to be sure. <clears throat> but uh, thankfully, with the help of uh, my new compatriots here, and uh, with my help to them, we were able to make it out uh, relatively unscathed. And he, he looks between the three of you, nodding. Um, sorry, were you going to say something, Ruben? Uh, yeah, I asked how long it had been. But, um, perhaps 15 minutes you were in there. Or 20, at the most. That's good to know. Our fears uh, didn't come true. It was a frightful 20 minutes there. And he kind of like points up to the smoke that's now blotting out the moon, like dark black smoke rising from the throat of the volcanic island. And um, and you can still hear like the cackling and, and chittering of the uh, the fire primordials as they're probably like dancing around and flying around. You know, this Cindergast is like a prison for the fire primordials and fire elementals, but um, that doesn't mean they don't have space to move around at least. You said uh, all these guards were from, like, different clans? It's kind of represented in their apparel. Some of them are a little bit sort of heavier fighter sort of um, aesthetic, and others are, uh, like, sly rogue sort of aesthetic. Some are mage sort of aesthetic. Um, they're all fighters, definitely, but their apparel really does give it away that they're from different clans and, and uh, have different beliefs, which the three northern clans of the Kandar are... Uh, at a perpetual war with the three clans of the West, which are the um, the Thrall, but uh, this kind of tomb is a is a figure uh, or an idol that, that unites them at least in some piece, like something to watch over that represents all of them. They feel. <clears throat> what will you all do now? And he would be acting or asking the guards rather. Um, two of the guards, uh, sort of look amongst you three and the speaker and then amongst the other tomb watchers and we will send new to news to the um the other northern clans of course that would that take new shepherds it could take weeks months even i see the north is a vast land i'm aware any of your clans are particularly close to here we are in need of help or assistance from whoever willing as soon as possible. The Thrull clans are not, uh, I mean, the Kendar clans are not very far from here, but it's still days of travel or uh, weeks. It's a, across the frozen sea. Not in two weeks or so, something terrible will happen in Ostoya spread throughout the rest of the land. I would ask this, you to prepare your clans for whatever might come. This terrible thing is what? A dark rain. More powerful and dangerous, at least as it was described as the others that came before. Yeah, he, uh, he nods a little bit. Well, typically we would have uh, all six clans uh, represented by one figure, but because there are three of you, and he looks between the three of you, kind of dismissively looking at Corrin as he's not wearing any of the Withered Warrior's trinkets, 
and um, he like gulps down once and looks between the clans. They will likely choose their champion, which could bring a divide between them. How do you mean choosing their champion from their clans, you mean? There will be two clans to each of you. Um, I know. He kind of looks you all down, like up and down to kind of get a, a feel for your attire. The three of us are of the same mind when it comes to accomplishing this. So it matters not who they choose to follow among the three. I do not care. I would suspect that Seer and Rune would follow you, the clans. And he looks at you, Gabriel, and then kind of shifts his eye to Ruben. Uh, sizing you up, perhaps Morgong and Volgar. Uh, and that leaves Mithra and Limgri for you. And he looks over to Covert, or I mean, uh, Mati. He would look at the man like he has no idea who these clans are or what they do. The clans not represent their own things. Seer is known for their economy and heavily invested uh, in slaves to man their forges. They make great weapons. And Rune is the most adept with magic and creates the gems that I th believe are glowing from that chest you hold. Nod. Mithra uh, is a Kandar clan which focuses on trade relations and embassies with other lands. They are the most cultured of the clans and produce the Lord Eda, which keeps all of our lore and history. And he is like looking at Tamakti as he says this. Limgri is a divine focused clan that hopes to use their divine power to counter the druidic clans, which goes against Morgong and Volgar. And, uh, <coughs> so he's insinuating that Seer and Rune would be following Gabriel, and Mithra and Limgri would be following Tamakti. And for you, uh, Morgong and Volgar, they're. One of them is focused on black market networks of Kendar. Uh, little happens without their knowing. And the other is loyal to the prismatic druids, which could create a divide. The prismatic druids. They contain the loyalty of some of the clans. And Ruben nods his head a little bit. Where are these clans? Three are in the west of the Velican. The other three in the east. Very Send word to all of them, if possible, of who their new warriors are and who they wish, they wish to choose to follow. But the three of us need to head to Astoria. There's a clan of travelers that have a boat heading there towards the coast. We will meet them and head south. I promise, if I live, to come back north. And they, uh... The, the one that's been speaking to you looks at, like, uh, specifically six of the others and, uh, and, like, brushes a hand sort of dismissively and they they kind of turn to uh, the respective clans that mentioned, or he mentioned for, for each of you guys would kind of probably be following you. And they, uh, they give their own sort of uh, symbols of, of faith where it's like some of them bring up their fists to their chest, others um, just nod or others bow. Um... And uh, and then they start trudging off into the snow uh, in a in a fairly quick jog, leaving you with four of the 
uh, Tomb Watchers and two of the mages. And what of the fire elementals? Says one of the mages. And the other one says, Yes, and what of the fire primordials? Did we meet one in there last session? It's been a long we, time. We killed one <laughs> oh, yeah. at the tree. Yeah, we, we fucking marked them. Other than that, though, I think it was yeah, just right. like they were beneath us. Yeah, we saw them getting sort of more and more excited as the fight progressed, but I don't think we did. Yeah, we never encountered them inside, right? Yeah, you could you could hear them from inside the tomb yeah, where, yeah. like, uh, the smoke was billowing in through the, the seams and, like, kind of like upside-down waterfalls filling in the floor of the room. And, um... Yeah. And it went from gray to black, and then the, uh, uh, you could hear them, like, getting more excited and, like, cackling and, 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 um, laughing. Right then, I will look at him. Other than the change of color and the smoke and the laughter, from what it seemed, we did not see any of them. They seemed excited, is the only word I can use. They are very excited. Because the coming of the new withered warriors means that the freedom is at your discretion. They are destructive, but they are chaotic as well. They would... And the, the two mages kind of like exchange Yeah, glance. I was about to say, I look at the mages. What is your advice? This is a foreign land to me. I wish not to make decisions that could harm it. The, the higher pitch of the two mages... Um, like holds a stare with the the lower pitch of the two mages for probably about five seconds like he said they're destructive but it could mean that you tell them to do something and they'll do it but they'll destroy everything in their path there and then destroy everything else around the area regardless of whether you told them to it's dangerous for civilians but they're and after they are done doing what i told them what then, then if you have not told them to do anything else preceding this, then they may just disperse into the wild. I would have to keep them on a leash forever with new orders and targets. Essentially, fire loves to spread. Jesus. It would be uh, a useful tool for your mission, but also a destructive a double edged sword. If yes. I looked at Ruben. What do you think, Ruben? Mm. I wish Pylon was here to decide this, to be honest. Either way, the people of Astoria would suffer, but I believe Rylon would take the lesser of the two evils, likely. Which is to keep them contained. I look at Tamati. I am, uh, I am a newcomer Yes, I still I defer to your judgment. <clears throat> I would so, hear your opinion if you have one. You are I, old and you have been on this earth for a long time. I, uh, I followed the path of chaos for uh, centuries. It felt like uh, not paying attention to... Uh, the outcomes of my actions, shrugging them off as uh, the wills of fate, so to speak. I believe that we should take a 
a good hard look at what uh, these fire elementals and primordials may do after we are done with them, before deciding what it is we may use them for. I do not say that you should not use them, but rather caution you to ensure that your usage of them will not uh, backfire, so to speak, in the end. I nod. So then, what would you like? I, uh... I believe... We will do this ourselves. Men will defeat this oncoming dark rain, or we will perish. But at least we will do it with our own means. As you wish. And as for the cold fire... And I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about, because I, cause I don't. I don't know if they told us something about that last session. Yeah, remember that story... Uh, we had a story about it. Yeah, one of the, the merchants down on the frozen sea had, had mentioned that, um... Uh, there was the, a bunch of druids or something. The, the primordial Gormadrog, um... Oh. Brought with it cold fire and was slain by the, um... The, the figures that the clans are now named after. Um, and, uh, that resulted in... Uh, the, the creation of... The mountain chain and, and like the north pretty much is, is kind of like their history and their lore they say um what this means uh for the cold fire though is it was explained that cold fire doesn't care what it touches it burns on everything it'll burn on the primordials it'll burn on uh water it'll burn on ice it'll burn in snow it'll burn anything it touches and it'll just continue to spread until it consumes pretty much the whole world and so in the vulgan um they uh there are mages and druids that are specifically there to uh keep the cold fire that is left in check and that's kind of like why there are two mages up here in these uh the, these uh braziers keeping the the cold fire and them in check uh can it ever be extinguished or destroyed or is it can it only be sort of maintained and safeguarded um i think it's fair to assume for your characters that if if uh it was so destructive um and they could get rid of it, then they would have by now. Yeah, I I look towards the mage. I believe the cold fire is even more dangerous than the primordial. I would keep it locked away. And should the world fall to this cataclysm that you speak of? I nod. Then what? Then we lost. We weren't good enough. I believe what he is asking is, uh, should we fail? What should they do with a cold fire? Oh, I see. Well, were we to fail in Ostoya, and the Lich sends his army out onto the world, I would release the Primordials first. And if they do not, well, behave or answer or are not sufficient, then cold fire is a last resort. You know, it's better to be burn done. the world away than let it wither. Understood. It will be done. I nod. Damn, so we have a nuke at our disposal, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Cleansing fire and all that. You know, mm -hmm. I was thinking about that chest of gems. If we just stuff a bunch yeah, of no, black I, powder I, in it and blow that shit up, I'm just <laughs> No, I was gonna <laughs> say, I got all the gems in, like, a big sack, essentially, so we'll be able to... Oh, actually, <clears throat> I take the, the sack out, and I look it's at one chest. of the wizards. It's a little chest. No, no, oh. I, I said I specifically took all the chests, or the... The stones out of the chest, put in the oh, bag, sorry. so it's easier to carry. You know, so My I don't mistake. have to like carry I, a chest. I've forgotten that. Yeah, they're all like olive-sized gems cool. of uh, 
There are like six rubies, five emeralds, four sapphires, three amethysts, and two topaz. Do any of them look like that teleportation one we saw? Um, Don't worry, I'm about to get those identified, don't you worry. Because I look towards the wizards. Could one of you two possibly tell me what all of these do? We have no idea. They might be of use in the coming fight. They shake their heads, and uh, and one of the tomb watchers speaks up for them. Their oh. focus is on the cold fire. They cannot multitask this. I know. Then any of the others here? We are but warriors, not trained in the magical arts. The Very ones well. who are at the camp uh, know how to identify them. Indeed, we will have to go back to the boats. I think perhaps uh, when we are there, I will ask one of them to teach me if they are willing, and then we will have no need of uh, someone else's identification knowledge. I will be able to do it for myself. Sounds like a good idea. According to them, the Withered Warrior title was enough to get us passage. I'm sure they'd be willing to teach you as well. As for the rest of you, I look to the other warriors that are still there. Will you stay here and guard this place? We will always stay here and guard this place. Understood. And when you wither, we will guard you. He has a very solemn, serious look on his face yeah. as he locks his eyes with you. I give him a, I give him a nod. Understanding of the, the curse, I believe, that's fallen upon us. Especially me. To be clear, does he direct that to all of us, or or just to uh, just to? There, there are like four tomb watchers here. It's likely that they all kind of uh, lock eyes with you guys, but uh, this one that's speaking locks eyes with Gabriel. Okay. Oh, thank God. So, okay. <laughs> we're right. safe. <laughs> I'm just trying to yeah, figure out whether or not we're gonna, gonna fucking die, but we're good. Don't worry, man. It's the curse of the withered warrior. I will be bound to this place eventually. Oh well, and maybe you two will join me. <laughs> maybe. Very well. The three of us and our companion shall return to the boats. Make way for Astoria. I believe that is all we have to do here. We have done our duty. Good luck in your travels. May the wind guide you and may the snow follow you. And yours as well. Hopefully we will return when all of this is over. And I give all of them a, a bow. Even though apparently we're kings now or some shit, but I walk down the stairs. And uh, guess head out. And, and uh, oh. sorry, go ahead, go. I was just say Ruben doesn't do the bow, but he gives them all a nod and follows behind. They nod in return. One of them actually does bow, and one of them kind of like takes his two hand axes and like claps the the broadsides of them together a couple times, like three or four times. And um, and as you uh, leave, if you do, Speaker Corn would follow along behind you guys. Hell yeah. How much did you record? How much gold I I uh, gave him? We all gave him collectively. I uh, I don't know. I did I don't not. Think so. <laughs> I just subtracted it from my. Oh inventory. my god, bro! <laughs> I think well, I, I I believe I remember giving him all of my gold. So well, I, I yeah, back. I was gonna say I kept mine written in my inventory, so I had ninety-seven. So yeah, I take you know that's just mine back. A, I know it was around one hundred, but I don't know. <laughs> This might benefit you. This might not, uh, because because you are irresponsible and did not write it down. I'm just gonna say it was like ninety gold. That probably hurts me. <laughs> I was gonna say because he think... definitely had more than me. Yeah, you better learn to uh, manage your inventory better there. 
Well, sorry, I, it wasn't in my inventory. I, well, actually, yeah, that wasn't his job, technically. That was actually yours. I specifically remember giving him my entire gold <laughs> savings, so I'll take back 317, because I kept it written down. So I invested my in man. Uh, the Bank of Coranchley. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden, the, the bank, the bank shut down. Uh, oh, yeah. damn. Sorry yeah, to say, one gold annually. The Bank of Coranchay doesn't have any sort of uh, federal uh, federal backing, so when they shut down, you got nothing yeah, in return. That's rough. I'm real sorry about that. Oh fuck! God, I hate investing. <laughs> okay, so uh, so you guys leave the uh, the tomb of the Withered Warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So uh, you guys would know, of course, that um, they leave from the, uh, the kind of east, which is here, 46 miles away, uh, on the morning of the 22nd. It is currently like... almost midnight of the 20th. Oh, okay. We sleep here, go in the morning. We still have time. Like, we did the walk in one day the other day, so we'll be all right. Oh, so why don't we just, like, sleep up there where they probably... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, it's probably safer up there. No, I was going to say, like, we go down Yeah, because the wolves and, like, and shit we saw, and yeah. also, like, I have no spell slots and shit left. I, yeah, but I it, it's like a say, big corridor, you know? I am going to say consider it, because... Yeah, I... If you sleep now, you wake up the morning of the 21st, that gives you a single day to cover 45 miles. Uh, how much do you think we could cover in a day? We 20? covered the... Oh, okay. Well, better start yeah. power walking. Then. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go then. Fuck sleep. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted to point that out because you guys would know that I in character. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Like the base number we've been traveling every day is twenty miles so far. So okay. this so this terrain is is purely snow and ice, correct? Yeah, it's like downhill mountain, you know, volcano. Uh, but then it gets down to flat ice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tamanki's gonna head back up uh, to the uh, to the guards. Uh, do any of you have uh, sleds or uh, snowshoes or anything that could help us move quicker? You see, oddly enough, <laughs> I can't even believe that this is happening. Uh, you see, oddly enough, that they have um, shields on their backs, like large round shields. Oh my. Yeah. I know where this is going. Uh huh. Go ahead. They usually just slide on them like a bunch of fucking idiots. We have these shields, but I have a suspicion that you're going to try to slide down the cliff face with them and that we won't see them again. If you wish, it is our duty. <laughs> Tamakti would nod and sort of grin. Uh, I do wish, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dude's like a thousand-year-old angel. He's like, <laughs> okay, they uh, they take off their shields, kind of in unison, and uh, and extend them out to you guys in unison. And uh, Corn looks kind of hesitant to do this. It seems like uh, one wrong slip, and he might like tumble and break all of his bones, falling down the mountainside. But uh, oh, likely, yeah, yeah. But it'll be fun. Sure. <laughs> Tamakti, Tamakti would offer Quarren his flask once again. Here, this may help. I, I don't, I don't drink. Oh, you know, these are like the ancestral shields that have probably been passed down generations and shit, and we're just taking them as sleds to use one time. You guys take the shields then. 
Yeah, of yeah, course. definitely. Okay, you guys now have four round shields um, that are decorated in uh, in just kind of like Valakin runes that are carved into the the steel banding around the edges and um, different sort of paints uh, and dyes like on the front of the the wooden shield face. And of course, two uh, two bands on the inside for your arm. And you said it's That's nighttime. And it's like almost midnight, yeah. I'm gonna cast light on my shield. So I, I did see. In, in case, so like you know how it snows where you are, right, Waffle? Yeah. You know how when the full when the full moon is out, like okay, you can still see yeah, really right. good when it's snowy because it's all white. That's fair enough. That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I I keep forgetting we're not in Astoria anymore. Yeah, the moon does shine through here. Okay. Or the moon's case. plural, Acreon and Deserion. Not needed. Uh. Are you sure about this? Are we? We're really going to try this. We have to risk it if we are going to make it in time. We are going to make it theoretically, but that is considering we will have no obstacles whatsoever. And I have learned from my many voyages that obstacles always happen. So yes. you must save time where we can. It will right. be dangerous, but I think all of us can do this. Then I lay yeah. down my slide like I'm 12 years old on the slope <laughs> of this massive mountain. Boy, I'd like means... to make an acrobatics check. Four. Dude, if it's acrobatic, I'm I'm dead. I would, <laughs> I would like up. to sort of leap into the air, tuck my legs up underneath me. Do a and... kickflip. And shove my shield underneath and sort of land oh, like with Legolas the shield or some shit? To, to try and like kind of give myself like a bit of a boost in the beginning to increase my speed on the shield. Because <laughs> you think you're gonna need more speed? How big are these shields? Like, could uh, you lay like belly down on it? You know, they're like large enough for you to be like on your knees, kind of like or yeah. like crisscross. like those big Viking okay, like, round like charges, you know. Okay, yeah. so they're just like the little saucer, or little saucer sluts. I mean, I suppose okay. you could belly yourself on it, but you'd have to kind of hold Raise your, your legs, yeah. Or you're like tearing yeah. your feet off. What are you trying <laughs> to do? You, you hit trying a to rock, ride? You actually split your skull in half. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but if if this is what you guys want to do, I'm gonna let you describe how like how you're sitting on the sled and how you do it. I'll describe how Corin does it, and I'd say it's gonna be a. Um, an acrobatics check. I'm dead. Oh. Yikes. Yikes. I'm dead. Could can it not be athletics? Yeah, can we do like an intimidation check? No. <laughs> You'd like what to intimidate the shield in this submission? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, if, yeah. If there's one thing that I love about, um, you know, not to say that I don't love D&D &D 5e, of course, but but um, Vampire the Masquerade and I think it's uh, Blades in the Dark, both of those systems use... Uh, ooh, and I think Alien does as well. Anyways, um, but they use like uh, 1d20 plus X scale plus Y scale. And I'm going to say it's it's kind of like um, it's going to take some strength to hold on to it, definitely. Uh, oh, because shit. this thing's going to want to rip from you. And it's also going to take some dexterity. So I'm going to say roll acrobatics plus your strength modifier. Okay, so roll acrobatics. I got you. <laughs> Do you have a strength mod of zero? Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yikes. All right. Uh, yeah, Ruben climbs onto the shield and he's he's sitting like his legs are scrunched up against him. 
uh, the band of the shield is like in between his legs and he's holding on to it. You know, like, um, kind of like uh-huh. you would just a normal saucer sled. You know, I don't uh-huh. know if you've ever ridden one before. Yeah, definitely. I've been a kid, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then uh, when it's time to go, he's just going to lean back and let gravity do the rest. <clears throat> I will, you know, sit down carefully on my knees and essentially lower, like, myself as low as possible to spread the weight as even as possible on the sled to, you know, <laughs> have the best balance possible. And, uh, well, here you go, I guess, huh? Acrobatics plus strength mod, correct? Yeah. Uh, I rolled right, so a nine. Alright. Okay. I want to see some others. <laughs> yeah. You want to see some successful rolls? Let me roll for a core and sway. I rolled you know, a 21. Could have been worse. I got 15. Catch this, right? <laughs> Ruben? <laughs> Ruben has a terrible... <laughs> Look at him! So, uh, so that's, old man. that's a 9 for Ruben, a 21 for Tamakti, a 15 for Gabriel, and an 18 for Corrin. Um, Ruben, are you not a dex person? How is your acrobatics uh, so bad? I don't... I'm not proficient. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so here's how this goes. Yeah? You know, it's it's snowy. It is snowing gently. It's There's moonlight. Um, and it looks like the snow might be starting to pick up even and you guys start making your way down the mountain of Cindergast, this volcanic island uh that is covered in snow and ice on these round shields that you took from these like eternal guards uh of their most prized idol in the north um and as you start sledding down the hill corin's like kind of uh like crisscross leaning back a little bit like holding on he's he's got a terrified look on his face as you guys start sledding down this mountain and uh and tamaki seems to be doing pretty well and gabriel's doing pretty well and ruben's kind of keeping up um and you guys uh you guys make it about 10 miles down this hill in the matter of a few um uh, i'd say like 20 minutes maybe at, at very most damn we are holy uh, shit being- like oh fuck it's like if you were to be riding a mountain bike down a down a hill you know yeah we're going um, fast you're covering this- ground fast uh however you guys are seeing like since the moonlight is reflecting in like a, a bluish tint off of the snow you guys see like all the animals like dark silhouettes out there um like the the elk and these uh these giant arch wolves that are like horse sized and uh and the elk like see you and they skitter off and run off to the side and like some uh, some wolves see you and um, and they they kind of like let off a howl, and then they begin chasing you guys, right? And uh, and you're going way too fast for them. You outrun them for sure. Um, it's not like you you're going 200 and they're going 190, or I mean 100. It's more like you guys are maybe a quarter faster uh, than their speed. Um, and so eventually they just give up. But then you guys uh, you guys hit kind of a patch where it's rockier like halfway down the mountain and oh, uh and gabriel and uh and tamakti and corin are are navigating it fairly well but ruben oh. smashes into one of these rocks like <laughs> chest plate first wearing you know the chest the half plate of the withered warrior and it crunches and you can feel you know immediately not only is the wind knocked out of you ruben but you are dazed you're confused you're now tumbling down this, this hillside 
and uh, and <laughs> you might have a couple broken ribs, and there's this huge dent in the plate uh, where it's like jutting into you and like preventing oh you from like getting a full breath of air. Uh, oh, damn. Save him. I'm gonna <laughs> allow you. Uh, I'm gonna allow you to make a constitution save, or they're probably not even gonna notice you, because, like I described, you're okay, so keeping up, quote-unquote. So that's um, just a flat d20. Oh, no. Gilbert, where are your wings at, bro? Go I, feel like, I feel like this happens to me. This is this is just a Reuben thing. This is how you know? Reuben dies, sorry. Um, I mean, I mean, actually... one horse fell over and broke my legs, and the beast was coming. How do you calculate <laughs> passive perception again? Uh, it, it's actually calculated actively on your character passive sheets for you. Passive is 10 plus your modifier. In, so, like, for me, my perception is a plus 5, so passive is 15. Yeah, yours is 15 as well, uh, okay. Martin. So, I mean, reasonably, <laughs> I know we're going pretty freaking fast, but I, I'd like to think that the sound of, like, metal plate armor smacking Mashing. full speed into a rock. Bouncing right off of it and tumbling. Pretty uh, loud. Okay, you know what? That's that's a good argument, and I'll accept that because a fifteen is a pretty high passive perception. Oh, but I shit. still need Ruben to make this con save for me. Okay. Um... <laughs> that's miserable. <laughs> that's a, a nat one. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, man. You're wow. is he you're dead? dead? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, so get this then. So I described all that other stuff, and he bounces right off it, and it is immediately unconscious and tumbling down these oh, hills. Shit. And uh, and I'm gonna say it hit you so hard that unless healing magic is applied to you, uh, you're gonna have to go through the rest of the death saving throws. Like oh, you guys damn. are winning down this hill, and it's like it's like falling damage equivalent. Basically, you're smashing into this rock. Um, Whose idea was it to go sledding? This is horrible. Um, you. <laughs> and so you guys got are like it. halfway down this mountain, like ten miles. You still got half the way to go, but but Tamaki, you hear this like just smash of uh, of plate against this rock. Do I hear it too? Uh, is your is your fifteen as well? Yes. Yeah, you I, probably hear it too. I um, look <laughs> towards Tamaki. I slam, dude. I start breaking immediately, like, like leaning I, back and just like leaning taking back all the... and just taking, like just tanking fucking like snow, like just trying to yeah, slow like, down with like, like my arms. snowboards. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like in a snowboard. So I, I'd like to make an acrobatics check to do the same sort of thing where I sort of <clears throat> lean on the back of of my shield to dig it into the snow, but then using that sort of uh, momentum of the shield kind of tipping its nose uh, forward up into the air, I'd like to. Uh, make an acrobatics check to fling myself off of the shield kind of backwards <laughs> like kick uh, off of it basically yes to kick off of it to try and propel myself backwards to even further kind of uh kill my momentum and and push myself closer to where i assume ruben is okay <laughs> i'm just gonna do a strength based thing if that's some like real high own. fantasy D D shit but i'll allow it <laughs> all right okay Let me go i just dig my arms into the fucking snowball uh, trying to stop that's an 11, so not terrible. But doesn't not quite work, so you, like, kick off of it, and you, like, launch off to the side, and you roll a few times, but then you eventually come to a stop, and you can see Ruben is still, like, tumbling down this this hill. He's about to reach you. You're maybe 30 feet from, from him arriving at you, and he's, he's going to be there in just a second. Am I next to Tamaki or further? You're you're probably a little bit further, so Ruben's, like, 60 or 70 feet up the I, hill from I'm you, a run. he's tumbling. I'm gonna run as fast as I can up, and I'm I will push 
I will project my echo in that direction to like give myself more range, essentially, like as far as I can get towards him to help Tamakti stop this uh, tumbling mess of a man. Yeah, got you. And so you're like looking up the hill and like running up it, and all of a sudden you see like a, an ethereal sort of shadowy figure of yourself uh, in same stride and same pace as you, and same like arm motions and everything, like a mirror of you exactly appear in front of you and running up the hill, and he's like 20 feet from from Ruben. Tamaki, you're probably able to uh, to get to Ruben as well, and and you know with his momentum, it probably would take the two of you to stop him. Yeah, because we want to do like an athletics check, and he assists me, or like. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, like an athletics with assistance. And, uh, All Speaker right. Corrin, like, is seeing you guys and, like, hearing you guys, uh, is coming to a very crude stop and, like, looking all around, like, for, for any wolves that might be noticing. Uh, assist me, Covert. I got a plus eight in athletics. We got this. Already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assist. 25. Okay, and so, uh, you see Tamaki, like, running, like, sideways across this, uh, this hill um uh and reuben comes barreling past him and he barely like grabs reuben's arm and is like starting to be dragged down the hill with him and gabriel uh do you like take the place of your echo yes i swap places like okay. before the actual crash yeah so you swapped places and like uh the two of you like you coming up and like bracing and catching him kind of and, and tamaki like grabbing his wrist you're able to stop him and this is where i need reuben to make his first uh death saving throw <laughs> all right hold on uh He's gonna that's die just a flat d20, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Straight yeah. up. You roll a 10 or up, you're good. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> no, so it's is it's it uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 is a fail, and then 11 plus. 11 plus uh, is a success. Because it's like a 50 50, you know? Give um, me CPR! And so that's that's a fail. You have uh, one failure. Right, I will keep track if, of this. If the roll is 10 or higher, you succeed. Oh, here we go. In the one, oh, is it? Correct, yeah. It's 10 or up. That's like a 55. So they, yeah, I, I know. Like they want to give you a slightly higher chance of surviving. That's real lame. We're changing that. Rules are rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have him, correct? Uh, yeah, you have him. Uh, Tamakti will sort of Help side him. himself. I assume uh, I'm at zero hit points, by the way, right? Yes. Yeah. You're very much yeah, down. You like you <laughs> smash. I, I, I was just fact, making I sure. Say, I would say the shield that you were using shattered on impact as well. Like split, splinters Damn. everywhere. Like splinters of wood. Uh, Tamaki will pull out one of the uh, one of, or I guess the only remaining uh, level two healing word gems that he purchased. Uh -huh. um, having used both now on Ruben, and will uh, press it press it into his chest, and uh, and use it to cast uh, level two healing words. So go ahead and roll a two d four plus four, Ruben. It's gonna be like two ones. So just roll two d four plus four. Okay, and uh, and so Ruben, your uh, your your. Uh, your consciousness comes back at the edges of your vision and like it's like when you um you know when you stand up too quickly and then your vision goes black and then like yeah back, like that um yeah. you know coming back to sort of consciousness and and Ruben. This, this is not the first time he's been broken and battered you know gabriel yep, i know <laughs> gabriel's quite used to this at this point and he's just groaning on the ground oh you're right you know, completely unresponsive for like a, a good solid 10 seconds the first thing you notice is that 
you can't take a full breath of air. Your plate is like dented inward very heavily and it's like forcing your chest like uh, kind of, you know, um, to how, how much volume your chest would have if you were to have like an empty set of lungs. Yeah, and you know, he starts before responding, he starts scrambling to like try I, and remove I the, the plate. To, to I just start undoing the straps to remove the half plate chest piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And once he gets it off, he's able to suck in a full breath. I'm assuming he can get it off. Yeah, yeah. With, with okay. Gabriel's help, like a secondary person to help, definitely you're able to get it off. Oh, what? I, I must have hit the rocks too hard. I look at the dented plate. I look back and you think <laughs> so. Uh, thank you for stopping me. I nod. That would have been tragic. And he, yeah, he comes to sit up fully, but you know, as he does so, he does that half pause when he realizes something's clearly broken. Slightly and then, uh, up. anticlimactic to die on the side of a hill going down a sled. Yes. Died to a bunch of rocks. Doesn't Not sound it. right. <laughs> Catch your breath and drink what you can. We will need to keep moving. We will go on foot, I believe, for now. We have covered some 10 or so miles already in 20 minutes. This is a good yeah. time save. And he nods his head a little. And we will need a blacksmith anyway. We will need a blacksmith to fix this plate. Yes. Or if I had a hammer, I could perhaps dent it back the other way. Gabriel is pretty strong. Maybe he could just punch it. Hey, yeah. probably not. <laughs> I'd probably just, you know, just fuck it more, you know? Uh, what's the there's there's a spell that could uh, I wish I remember what it was called oh a spell to repair uh, broken metal yeah yeah a fabrication probably but I mean mending technically. yeah mending mending that's a that's cantrip good. isn't it I think it is none of you boys got that come on now uh, no well and I'm not a caster so forget about me yeah and, and Ruben does go to go drink his water uh, but stops himself, uh, remembering that his water is dosed with uh, drugs. True. Uh, He's got to uh, sleep. You, uh, you need something to drink. Yes, please. Tamaki would offer his flask. Corn makes he... his way up to you guys finally, by the way, by the time that you give him the flask. And Ruben, he reaches out and just starts chugging. Ruben, okay. are you? He will live. Is he alive? He has been he... through work. Uh, Yes, I'm alive, fortunately, thanks to them. Good. Are there any wolves around us? I've not seen any. Alright, good. We will need to keep going as soon as Ruben is able to walk. I I can I can walk. Just uh, let me put this on somewhere. And uh I will know, keep he, the armor. He probably just has it like half clasped on him, you know. Oh yeah, so you could just it, leave it hanging down. Yeah. Yeah, it's still on him, but it's not really secure on him, you know? Yeah. What I'm saying, like, fair. one side's just completely undone so that it's not crushing his chest. And, uh, he, he, who, I mean, I don't know who's the closest, but he reaches out to one of you and kind of grabs on you. Yeah, he reaches out and grabs on you to pull himself to his feet. I, I lift you up. And Tap you on the shoulder. More, he starts looking around for a shield, but, uh, you know, sees little splinters of it here and there. Probably a little bit of it in him or something. I give you my shield uh, that's still, you know, somewhat intact. 
There, since your armor is dented, use this to defend yourself if wolves come. Thank you. Now we need to go. Democracy shield is probably three miles down the hill. Yeah, I was going to say, you ditched it with that, that anime move. It's over. Okay. I, I kept mine. <laughs> I, start, I start trekking down the hill. Okay. And uh, and Corrin stays alongside um, Ruben, as, as I assume that he's also descending down the hill, not just staying up there. Yeah, he is descending down the hill. It's it's not as quick as a pace as he'd normally go, but uh, you know he's trying to make up for it. Mm -hmm. You know, taking longer strides in his little limp. And as so. you guys make your way down the hill, Corrin like peeks uh, or picks up the um, the shield that he had left behind in order to to kind of catch up as fast as he could up to to where Ruben was injured. And uh, once he picks it up. He pulls out his mace and begins looking around and, and visibly winces. Uh, was it good? Yeah. Oh. And um, uh, is holding his mace and shield and just just keeps walking, but looks in pain all of a sudden. Obviously, Ruben slows up a little bit. I'm at the front, so I don't even uh, notice. Mm -hmm. What? What's wrong? And uh, I mean, he's not one to speak. Uh, man, just fucking. Got his ass kicked harder by a hill than the withered warriors. Uh. <laughs> um, he uh, he shakes his head gently and says, uh, "I don't, I don't know," and looks down to his his uh like. Uh, oh, he's gonna like pauldrons <laughs> and and chain oh, no. and sees that he's like bleeding, uh, <sighs> kind of like at his midsection down like the left side of his leg. I must have injured myself. When I was stopping, it should be uh, fun. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, he, Ruben Chata. Well, not really shot, but who's? Is there anyone kind of close in talking range? I mean, they're all like if you were uh, talking loud enough, like you're you're out in the open, like your voice could definitely carry. Gabriel, I stop. Turn around. What? Hold up for a moment. I hold Please. up and I'll I'll just take a watch, like look around while no, he we're... does whatever. We have distance to cover on. We should move on. It will take Fine. but a second. And, uh, you know, though he's also a little crippled himself, he's going to drop down to a knee. Uh, and try and look. You said it's like... It's like his, his left midsection, like left side of his belly button, kind of around that area. Does it look like something punched through him? Uh, you'd have to move his plate and like tunic up and he does um if you're going to like inspect him or try and yeah him, do you uh yeah yeah I okay do. make a perception for me um stand by a five mm. nothing stands out about the wound but it does look like a, a slice kind of mm. okay i'm gonna <laughs> lay on hands to uh, staunch the bleeding can I do that um yeah yeah I would say so okay you know and he, he reaches out his, his own hands shaking a bit just holding up his arm like this yeah just give him one HP and use painful. the rest for yourself bro like you're dying I mean I think I only, I only saved one left so oh no I have nine left no I was gonna say lay on hands like a isn't it like a pool and then you use like this amount yeah, of, yeah. it's based on exactly. your paladin level i think i'm paladin level two so i have 10 
HP gotcha. that I can heal. And so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I, I press my hand over his thing and through the glove, there's a little bit of kind of radiant energy. I wouldn't say it's holy magic, but, you know, it's definitely magic. And uh, enough to at least seal the wound. How many, how many hit points we talk of that I'd need to use? Right, I was just double checking. Uh, I I apologize. Uh, could you? Uh, I'd say it probably takes about ten if you have it available. I have nine. Nine. Nine will work. We'll call okay. it. We'll call it good. Yeah. I use nine, and uh, while we're stopped, I remembered I have a health potion. I'm gonna drink it. A potion of healing. 10 HP right uh yeah 10 flat because for for our listeners who um do not have access to our rules or rules document which is what we call it we use um some some kind of custom rules and some rules pulled from other systems and, and other uh iterations of D&D one thing that I thought was um really good for healing potions was that they weren't based on die rolls because if if you have 10 potions made by the same person, the same mage, uh, or like made with the same herbs, what is to make one vastly better than another? It just doesn't make sense to me. So we use the maximum potential of each heal. So uh, a normal potion of healing heals 2d4 plus 2. In this campaign, it heals a straight 10 because 10 is the maximum that it could heal. Um, however, to counteract that, they're a little bit more rare and cost a little bit more. And so the the party kind of has to use them sparingly from time to time. But anyways, continue off. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's it. I uh, uh, drink down my potion of healing. You know, mm -hmm. take a second, slide up the helmet, chug it down while we're sitting there. <laughs> okay. And you feel <laughs> like uh, it's kind of like drinking any sort of alcoholic beverage. Like, you know, where you feel the warmth kind of spread through you or like a, a hot drink on a cold day. Like you feel the warmth kind of running down you. It's that yeah. same kind of feeling as like you feel your your uh, your bones and your your flesh mending as a reaction of this magic. Okay, and uh, I lift to my feet after that. You know, it was mainly mainly a little painkiller kind of thing, I think, mm -hmm. rather than for the actual HP use. Yeah, for sure. Uh, good to move again. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, and thank you. I nod. Very well. And I start trekking down again. Yeah, while we're moving, I'm uh, I'm keeping my eye out for this fucking wolves. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll keep an yeah. eye out front. <laughs> um, and and is Tamakti taking up the rear, or is he in the front, sort of middle? I guess kind of getting an idea. <clears throat> Tamakti will uh, will take the middle. It's probably where his uh, his range capabilities will be the most useful. Okay, got it. And um, if you guys keep traveling, there's nothing that you kind of encounter throughout the night. Like, yeah, there are, there are wolves howling in the distance, and there are, you know, elk grunting and stuff like that as they spot you and then, like, skip off into the, the night. But one thing is sure, uh, as you're traveling, the, the snow does pick up, and eventually it turns into a blizzard where you can only really see, like, 30 feet in front of you. That means that, that the creatures of the night, like, you know, animals and, and anything else that may be out here also can't really see you, but um, it does restrict your, your vision quite a bit. 
And oh, so, damn. like, uh, anyone who's in the back, if you're far away from the person who is in the middle, which is, like, Tamakti or Gabriel, like, you might just barely see their silhouette in the snow. And, uh, and Corrin is, like, holding up one of his hands to kind of, like, block the flow of snow and the heavy winds. And he's, like, turning to his side to take gasps of air as it's, like, like, you know when uh, there's high winds and you can't, like, breathe while you're looking straight at it? It's kind of like that. Ruben's very thankful to have that steel helmet on right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> And that big-ass round shield to shield him from most of the stuff. And uh, I would say with the distance that you guys were able to cover on the sleds, uh, you make it to the base of the um, of the Sindergasa Mountain, like where the sea is frozen, uh, probably at morning light. That's good. Making good time. You now have a point of exhaustion, however. Figured. Yeah, let me, uh, exhaustion one. Mm-hmm. Which does what again? I'm pretty sure it'll stay on our sheet, but... Off the top of my head? Honestly, couldn't tell you. Yeah, uh, I encounter it so infrequently. I believe it's all our rolls at disadvantage. I think that's not until, like... Yeah, that's later. Uh, that, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll I'm gonna check it, it out. Real quick. I got it. Yeah. But, uh, but so with morning coming along and the sun rising and you guys finding yourself down there at the flat, frozen sea, um, you're now about... 25 miles away from uh, from the boats. It is possible for you guys to make it if you rush the next day and sleep now, but that's up to you. Uh, I posted pretty, the rules in the chat. Ruben's pretty down bad. So disadvantage yeah. on ability checks. Not too bad. Yeah, we can survive that. Because, uh... Alright. Hmm. I believe we should rest for at least a little... I'm, I'm exhausted. Ruben, are you holding up? Um, I have at least one point of exhaustion. <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, my ribs are loose. I can feel them, but other than that, surprisingly, well... I will take the first watch, then. All of you get some rest. I will wake Tamakti after. And I will take third watch. I nod. And uh, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that. I think to Corin because I'm I'm starting to remember my uh, my history in taking watches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Then then Corin. Where it will always take third. goes terribly. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, so then it was decided that Tamaki would take the second. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Well, I yeah. Okay. This, I'm just. I just said I was gonna wake him because we're the two least fucked up people. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, Got it. and Ruben takes his canteen down, begins to chug it, and uh, lays out like a little. I don't know if we we have the tent, right? Uh, I believe you guys do. Well, yeah, if anything, I have a tent, so for <laughs> sure. And one thing's for sure: with the blizzard running and the uh, the winds kind of like pretty fierce right now, it is definitely cold. Is there like there, there's there's got to be tree a tree line nearby, right? You know, because there's all these animals and shit. I doubt they're just in an open. Oh, we're at the we're at the base of the frozen water. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Never so mind. Not there's here. no fucking. Yeah, tree. Sadly, trees can't grow on ice. Uh, are you sure about that? I don't think they have nutrients, but uh, you know, Google it for me. Find something, and uh, I'll eat my words definitely, or any all listeners. Right. 
Google it, send it my way. Tree growing on ice. Oh my god, shut up. Continue. Uh yeah, so I'm I'm just gonna set up my my tent then as best as I can and my fucked up kind of state. I mean it's not yeah. definitely not the best tent job, but it's there and uh, it's not gonna <laughs> blow away. And I just crawl yeah, outside. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. that. Well, then I would <laughs> blow away with it. That would be very unfortunate. Okay, so you said you crawl in and pass out. Do you, like, drink your your drink? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did that, like, right before I started setting up the tent. So. And out of, out of curiosity, how much of those do you have left? Stand by. I know I have plenty. Oh, I, have, I have 25 left, now 24. Okay. What are we asking? Yeah, uh, it's it's something related to his uh, his custom transformation flaws. I can only heal half of it on half his HP on the long rest, can he? Yeah, yeah, I will not be at full HP. Uh, oh god. Okay, and uh, and so what does Tamaki do to sleep? Does he crawl into the tent with uh, with Ruben, or does uh, he stay Tamaki has his own tent. Oh, so he's gonna set that up and crawl into it. Got it. Uh, then, um, Oren, if there's enough room in uh, in Rubens, we'll probably crawl into there too. Um, you know, having like been a father figure his whole life, it's probably not too weird. Um, that being said, with you guys asleep and and uh, the morning light kind of rising, it's probably a little bit easier for you to stay awake with it still so light, Gabriel. And the uh, the visibility is still kind of the same. Like, maybe now that's light, probably about 40 feet, but still not very much. Sounds good. I'd like you to make a perception, if you don't mind. Moving. My passive. Okay. You don't see anything. Nothing stands out to you. Did you guys yeah. kind of go, like, uh, a couple hundred feet out onto the, uh, the ice, or are you, like, right at the edge where the ice meets the mountain still? I mean, it seems reasonable we probably would have gone out onto the ice, right? Uh, I mean, being away in the middle from... of the ice is safer because you're away from, like, you know, the world. the animals and shit, yeah. Exactly. And in general, um, you know, the ice here should be thick enough to, like, pretty much never break. Unless, like, I don't know, Leviathan came from under and just started eating us. Who knows, <laughs> bro? I don't know anymore. <laughs> did a, uh, did somebody start a fire? I don't believe so, right? Nope. Okay. Yeah, so you're probably pretty cold. I imagine, like, you, you could wrap your cloak around you to, to help a little bit. Um, but it definitely is cold, and the wind does bite. And before you know it, your shift passes, and nothing eventful happened, thankfully. About four hours. Thank God. I will uh, creep uh, towards Tamaki's tent, like, open the flap, and just close it behind me quickly, so doesn't get cold, poor guy. Now I'll shake him awake. Tamakti. <clears throat> uh, yes. Uh, the watch. I nodded. Yeah, very well. And um, I will go in my own tent that I pitched since, you know, I had nothing to do for four hours and go to bed. Got it. Tamakti will sort of uh, don his uh, his furs that he's acquired since uh, since traveling through the sort of frigid north will uh he will step outside and kind of stamp his feet against the uh, against the cold and uh he will take his watch understood um 
And by now it's about noonish, so the sun's like high up in the sky. The blizzard is let up just a little bit, and so your visibility is like 50 or 60 feet. Can you please make a perception for me? That is a 16. Man was ready, a 16, okay. You look around, you see a little bit of wildlife that's like come up onto the uh, the ice and is likely about to travel across it or, or somewhere. Um, just Just stuff like elk and like a kind of like a snow rabbit, a little bit fluffier, a little bit larger, um, kind of grayish white fur. You almost didn't, didn't spot it, but then you did. Other than that, nothing else uh, stands out to you. Do you do anything of your own volition during the, the watch other than just kind of hang out? I'll, uh, I'll take the opportunity to, uh, to go through my... Uh my various uh, flint locks and, and clean them as best I can given that they were fired fairly extensively during the uh, during the trials. Make sure that uh, I don't have any mishaps during combat with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and you have plenty of time to take care of them, definitely. But other than that, I will go ahead and uh, at the end of my watch, head over to, uh, to Ruben's tent and uh, out of the out of the two of them, which which of them still appears to be worse for wear, Ruben or his? Uh, probably Ruben. Probably if I Ruben. if I had to say on a scale from zero to forty seven of yeah. what uh, Ruben looked like, I'd say he was about at nineteen hit points. All right. Ruben rolled a no metagame. Oh, that's a real weird scale. That's a yeah, interesting it, it's, scale. It's, uh, it's a medical thing. You wouldn't understand. I wouldn't. You're right. <laughs> then I'm, My I'm degree gonna... is definitely not pre-med. <laughs> I'll go ahead and uh, shake uh, Jake Warren then awake. Yeah. Is it time? Uh, for you to take your watch, yes. So I would give him kind of a weird look. It's time he for death. He winks. One of his eyes kind of like blinks twice, and and he's squinting as he, as he's waking up, and then he slowly props himself up and sits up straight, before uh, kind of like looking over at Reuben and then looking at you and crawling out of the tent, closing it up behind him. He stands up, and you can see where his injury was, as he's like got blood that runs down from his uh, his midsection just to the left of his belly button down to like the top edge of his thigh. All right, get some rest. Tamaki will, uh, will <clears throat> trudge back to his own tent and uh, and get back down to sleep. <laughs> okay, and uh, and so as that happens, nothing that Corn is doing wakes you guys up. Uh, and before you know it, it's around sunset, um, or probably a couple hours until sunset. Afternoon. Otherwise, we're sleeping a long time. Yeah, probably like probably like a couple hours before sunset. Like it's definitely past midday for sure. Uh, as you guys uh, kind of have rested enough and begin to slowly wake up. Um, let me add my hit points. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I'm almost almost there. I get up first, of course, as per usual. Okay, and as as you step out of your tent, then or uh, or wherever you're sleeping, and Corin, uh, you find that uh, Corin 
has with him a uh, a dead rabbit, kind of like a a winter hare, kind of white grayish, a little bit large, fluffy, and uh, and he's going about like skinning it and getting it set up uh, for who knows what reason because you guys don't have a fire lit. I look towards corn. Nice catch. Do you need me to start the fire? Oh no, I don't need a, a fire. I, I would not need a fire. I nod. Very well. I turn around and start packing my tents and just packing the general area around the tents too. We're ready to go when the other guys get up. Mm -hmm. This morning and this morning only, I will skip the ritual. Oh, shape. oh I damn. don't have time, man. Wow. Just, I know, right? Okay. Yeah, and he, he really doesn't like it. You know, I feel like Gabriel feels uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> it's like a visible scowl on his face the whole day. Much. What does Ruben do? Sorry. Uh, he he crawls out of his tent around this time. You know, he's got most of his stuff on. The rest, he like his belt. You know, he straps on now and looking a lot better than he was the previous day. I mean, definitely still has some broken ribs, but uh, he's managing the pain far more. And uh, just goes about, without saying anything, goes about taking down the tent and packing it all into his bag. Okay. You know, rolling it up. And uh, and Corrin takes the pelt and, like, packs it away in his, uh, his like, satchel. And uh, down there on the ground is, like, the, the meat from the, the hair. And, uh, and like, a, a small pool of blood that he just leaves there, uh, seemingly, as he packs up the rest of his stuff. And, uh, and he helps you put away your tent as well. And what about Tamakti? Uh, Tamakti will awake around the same time and, uh, and begin packing up his tent. Feeling, uh, feeling much, uh, much better than the, uh, the day before. Okay. Dude, I'm doing good. I, the whole time I had my max HP, by the way. <laughs> I never took damage that whole fight. Yeah, which is nuts considering how many attacks were made I against know, you. <laughs> I uh, I'd actually like to pick up that. It's a dead rabbit, right? Yeah, it is. Like just the meat of it, pretty much there on the ground, uh, on the ice, and it's like a little pool of blood. I need a ration to save the food for the two who are, you know, who uh, died yesterday. Given Ruben doesn't have a ration and he's probably needing that food, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna gut the rabbit. I mean. You're supposed to take out like the organs and shit before you cook it, right? Isn't that how it works? Uh, yeah, you don't eat the organs, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's bad. Right, for, I'm, for I'm gonna take health. out. I'm gonna take out all the icky, icky, sticky stuff. Okay. And like, just kind of dump it on the ground. And uh, once once this rabbit's in tip-top shape, would I be able to use sacred flame to cook it? Um. Uh, what what does sacred flame do exactly? I'll put it in chat. Uh, flame, flame like radiance descends on a creature that you can see within range. Target must succeed a deck saving throw or take 1d8 radiant damage. All right, Rabbit's Tag gonna games. make a deck saving throw really quick. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I'd say if you can target a creature with it and it's like a radiant fire, then I would say for sure that you're able to target the rabbit and it's kind of able to I cook it. I would like to fucking cook this rabbit with sacred flame. Sacred flame. Yeah, you see it like bursts into into flames um, that are glowing, kind of like a a silvery 
yellow, and um, and it just like you could after a couple of moments you could start to hear it sizzling, and the fire lasts for. I'm not sure how long it actually lasts. It's probably just a single turn, but we're gonna. I think so. It's creative use of it. Once again, in rules or rules, we detailed that the GM uh, can bend uh, the effects of of magic for the sake of roleplay if it's like kind of makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I'd say you're able to cook your your food with this. Thank God. And uh, it's probably like a little puddle of water, wherever it <laughs> wherever it was. I'm gonna pick it up and just. Gonna start munching, offering a little bit, obviously to Corin. I don't know if he has rations, but yeah, he pulls out like a ration of his own and starts eating it. Oh, well, I guess Ruben's the only one eating this rabbit. Oh, you need it most. Okay, uh, and right here before we continue with our travels for the day, I think we're gonna take just a five. Uh, we're back. Um, it is now. Like I said, a couple of hours from sunset, and uh, and you guys have a, a day of travel ahead of you. Do we still have uh, an exhaustion? Uh, no. Okay. No, you can scratch that off your off your shears, and uh, and we can continue going like normal people. Okay. Plus we it, we it. have like what roughly like. 20 miles left. Twenty-five. Yeah. About 25. Half, we did half of it about, so. So we'll have yeah. to quicken our pace a little bit. Yeah, thankfully, uh, you guys are traveling on flat terrain, which should make that very easy. Yeah. Flat terrain with, like, no obstacle, because it's just yeah. fucking yeah. It's just like, open snow. Thin snow, too, from the, mm -hmm. what I've been described. Alright, well, let's go. We quicken the pace a bit. Walk a bit faster. I'll go to the front again. Okay. What about the rest of you? Um. Yeah. I mean, Ruben's just kind of walking while eating this rabbit. You know, like straight he off is. the bone. Yeah, like it's a chicken wing, but just a full rabbit. <laughs> Got it. Tamaki. Uh, Tamaki will be making his own way, sort okay. of just uh, again in the sort of the center of the group. Got you. Okay. Then. Uh... Corin kind of like stays by Reuben and um, you guys are walking at sort of like a power walk sort of speed, like trudging through the snow, like the same sort of speed that I go through the airport when I'm definitely late to catch my flight. And, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then at the end of the time, like my, my uh, calves are just burning me. Um, so you guys make your way. Um, I'm well set through the airport. You guys make your way uh, headed east towards the... Uh, it's kind of like this divide here that you see on the map uh, of Etheris, where like that little tiny sort of frozen island just north of that larger frozen island. Um, kind of the line between them is where the, the ice sort of ends or just past that. And, uh, and there's not really many things patrolling the ice. Um... So it's pretty much just like an open, clear day that you guys are traveling. And... Hell yeah. And, uh... At some point, Corin speaks to you, Reuben. Are we um, going to be able to take a break anytime soon? This walking um, is... This is... This pace is too quick for me. 
I doubt we'll be able to. We have much time to make up for after my failure. Fine. Fine, then. Let's just keep walking. But I could make it easier on you. Easier? How so? I, uh... I'd like to cast Long Strider on him. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. You touch a creature, target speed increases by 10 feet for an hour. Suddenly his, his pace does quicken a little bit. It seems like he's a little bit more energized or there's a little bit more oomph behind his step and uh, and he is walking faster than he even intends to uh, and, and tries to like slow down a little bit back to your pace and holds it. That is That is better, a bit. It will have to do. I suppose there will be plenty of time to rest on the ships. And he nods his head again. A long journey back to Historia. Speaking of which, where are we going to be leaving the ships? I do not know. I suppose that's a matter for Gabriel to decide. Or Gabriel. the Raiders themselves. Gabriel. I turn around from the front. What? Where will we be commanding the ships to dock for us to depart? I heard we were supposed to meet around Talastar, but I do not know where the others are. East of Malkovia, then. I nod. It'll be the closest drop-off point. I ah. assume we will be on boats for at least a couple of days. Should give the others some time to catch up. But like I said, I am unsure of where we are supposed to dock. If Talastar is too dangerous, then we will take the Northmen where we can. If they are to accompany us, then we need to preserve their life. He nods a couple times. They could valuable soldiers, at least the ones who want to accompany. I will not force any of them. Fine, fine. I turn around and keep walking. I wonder if their previous leader was harsh or... Or understanding and kind. An Iron Fist should rule. Maybe one day we'll find out. But for now, we're left to ponder. Damn, is he challenging my style of leadership? This I don't guy. Know. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and so you guys travel um, kind of like the rest of the day, probably unimpeded. And, uh, and about... I don't know, four hours into nighttime, so about like midnight, probably start to feel tired, and you've traveled uh, like 20 miles today, I would say, leaving only five miles at, at midnight between you and the ships, but you are feeling exhausted. And did they say that they were leaving at first light on these ships, or just... Uh, yeah, early morning, they, they, they said. said. They said early morning, three days from, from when you last met. Well, folks, time to burn the midnight oil. I punch through, bro. I'm, I'm going. I, you see me not stopping. Yeah, I think I think that's what we got to do. Okay. Like I said, if we, you know, by the time we get there, if we're fucked up and exhausted, it's fine. We can sleep on the ship, but we have to make it there. That's what if true. they're just already gone? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're just and, dying uh, there on well, the ice. Well, then we walk into the ocean, ocean and, and keep walking. Um, so... Then you guys begin to travel into the night, and it's about midnight when you decide we need to keep moving, and so you do keep moving. And um, 
and Tamakti and uh, Gabriel. Tamakti, you hear something. You're not sure what it is. It sounds like labored breathing or a bestial breathing. And on the wind, uh, Gabriel, you smell the scent of kind of like wet dog or dog. I look back. You know, I got to lock eyes with Tamakti, I think. Woods. Tamakti would nod his head in agreement. And uh, the snow... Around. All the, the, the moonlight is like reflecting off of the ice and snow that's on the, the frozen sea. Um, but the, the snow has picked up a little bit. Uh, like the falling snow. It's not quite a blizzard or anything like that, but your, your visibility is restricted to maybe like 80 or 90 feet. And um, and if you guys are looking around actively now, not just for yeah. sounds, I would like uh, whoever would like to, to make a perception. Check. Perception. Perception. I percepted a 14. <laughs> Four. 24, not bad. Okay. Not bad. That's one off my bet. <laughs> not, yeah, not bad. No. I like you shrugs. Um, you, you could do better, Strider, right? Corin got a, a 15. And um, uh, for the listener, Corin is, of course, an NPC uh, that I am, of course, controlling. And uh, does Tamakti bother to, to kind of like focus looking around, or is he just. Well, like, yeah, sure. I wanted to wait to see if it was necessary. But I'll go ahead and uh, roll one. You can get better than me, maybe. Maybe crit. Nope. Uh, maybe, maybe the oh, other one. And that one to a six. six. Okay. <laughs> um, you don't quite see it. Your eyes are having a hard time, kind of like making out the uh, any anything subtle that might be in the snow uh, that's coming down. And Gabriel, you see a standing figure that seems to be walking parallel with you guys. It's dark, and it is a silhouette. Um, but it's definitely a figure that you are familiar with, being that it is, it is a wolf, but not one that stands on four feet. God damn it. Do we all see this? Or just Probably him? just me. Only Gabriel. Lycanthrope. And then looking around, you see another one on your right paralleling you. And then a third Two. one. Three. Are, uh, is my sign gone? Um, Probably considering that they're like just silhouettes that you see, I don't think that they're close enough. Okay. And how far are we from the boats? How many miles left? We'll say probably like three. Keep walking. We are close. Perhaps they will not catch us in time. But if they do, we will need to make a stand. There are three of them. You guys are like power walking, right? Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Yeah, so they're kind of like keeping stride with you fairly easy right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I figured. And uh, and you see a fourth one, so there's now two on each side as they kind of come into view. And they're all just like Fall walking now. along in the same pace, just eyeing you with like s subtly glowing yellow eyes in the moonlight. I look towards Tamakti. Tamakti, keep an eye on the left ones. I will do on the right. Tell me if they make any moves. How many of you can uh, see in the dark? I, I cannot. I can. He would, uh, he'd look to, uh, to the fourth gentleman in their group. Oren, uh, is just a normal human, and he shakes his head. I cannot. Anyway. Then perhaps uh, I can give us a slight advantage. 
and uh, Tamakti would uh, would snap his fingers and cast the uh, the cantrip dancing light. And, hey, uh, look at you! And four, I believe it's four little uh, little orbs of light would appear. Um, one sort of bobbing over the shoulder of each of the uh, of the party members, sort of uh, provide at least a a sense of uh, of safety to try and lift mm-hmm. their spirits. Yeah. And you guys are now like a beacon in the light. Like if anyone were to watch you from uh, from a distance, it would just be like you four traveling with these lights and like the silhouettes of werewolves around. And, and now that you have these lights and you can see a little bit better, uh, I know that the light doesn't extend super far, but you notice um, like two more werewolves. There are now six. Oh my God. Two on each side. One kind of off behind you to the left, and one kind of ahead of you to the right, like looking over its shoulder. And we can all see this now. Yeah, I would say so. Their eyes are now that it's been pointed out to you guys that they're there. It's it's easy to pick out the silhouettes, and they have like those little glowing yellow irises. This is a great. Everyone admits uh, now is... noticing all six of them, and perhaps more. Far from great. If it comes to fighting, stay between the three of us. He nods. And, and of course he was saying that to Corrin. To Corrin, yeah. yeah. The one that's in front of you guys to the right slowly starts to make its way directly in front of you, like yeah, walking comes. backwards. I, I keep staring them down. They are going to make their move soon. Be ready. And I guess we're in an open now, so I'll, I'll just stop the caravan, quote-unquote, and just kind of stand there. I see him moving. Like, there's no point trying to outrun these guys. How um, how frail is is Corn? Is, <laughs> is he a relatively old guy? He's an older fellow. He's not like elderly, but he's like maybe sixties, fifty, old, late fifties, kind of early sixties ish. I uh, so I guess not having <clears throat> been in combat with him before, I I turn. You have. Uh, oh wait, no, you haven't. No, You're I haven't. Right. Sorry, my bad. Ah, yeah, you my never bad. fought. I yeah. suck. I turn, yeah, you do. <laughs> I uh, I turned, <laughs> I turned um, to uh, Ruben. Does he need to be taken care of, watched after? He is not a fighter, Ruben. I, I uh, I'll again snap my fingers, and a um, sort of uh, alien shape will begin to form in the air. Uh, appears to be a a, uh, a disc uh, three feet in diameter about an inch thick floating uh, several feet off the ground um, sort of hovering by my side and I'll uh, I'll point to it uh, and then turn to corn and say uh, sit on that you know what that kind of reminds me of <laughs> I'm not I never really got super super into DBZ but like that uh, that <laughs> disc that they use yeah. what are they yeah, like? well, it's, this spell is, is quite literally called floating disc uh, so it will. A Jimmy moment. It will stay yeah. within twenty feet of me, so he won't be left behind, regardless. Got it. Okay. And so as the kind of like caravan of you guys comes to a halt, so too do the werewolves, and they stop. You now have one kind of directly behind you, two off to each side, and one directly in front of you. They're all about sixty or so feet away from you guys. And uh, um, all right, man, fuck it. I'm gonna plant my sword on the ground. And I will remove my cloak. And I'm going to transform. Because we're going to need it. 
Oh, oh okay. Uh, that's sick. And the armor will remain fused. Essentially, it just kind of morphs and gets absorbed in whatever the fuck I become. Yeah, it, it kind of gets absorbed into you, definitely. And, and yep. so do you, uh, you said you plant your sword into the ground in your cloak, too? Yeah, I remove my cloak, and uh, I will begin to transform into a lycanthrope as well, same as they, as they and are. And so, like, as you begin to transform into a lycanthrope and you have all this stuff there, the others have not seen this before. This is, is something this that... that uh you guys have been traveling together, minus Tamakti, of course, for a long mm -hmm. time, uh, at least session-wise. It's only, it's only been about 22 days that you guys have been together. But um, No, well, but like, it's been longer than that. Because when we travel between nope, Grab and Stein... it's 22nd of Stivos. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it's been like three, four weeks. <laughs> well, you know, we've bonded. A lot has happened. You, know? you guys have bonded significantly. And this is something that, as a witch hunter, uh, yeah. was probably surprising to, to Ruben. Um, and so all of a sudden, uh, Gabriel like hunches over and like his back expands and starts like shifting and, and like cracking and stuff like that. And his arms kind of do the same thing. And all of a sudden he's shedding all this uh, or growing out all of this fur. And uh, and what what does Gabriel look like as a werewolf kind of? Could you describe that for us? Sure thing. Uh, very tall, as he was already tall as like a, a person, you know, a normal human. Mm -hmm. So he's uh, huge, very gaunt, like thin, essentially. And he has completely stark white fur with red glowing eyes. Like his own eyes are usually. That's sick. Okay, cool. Uh, and so, Ruben, you see this right in yeah. front of you. I assume this is a pretty audible process. It's like some crackling. Yeah, bones are cracking and shit. <laughs> yeah, so he had been kind of watching their rear being the back man and all, and he starts hearing some weird, you know, crunching and crackling like someone is being just torn limb from limb. <laughs> and he turns back around to see where, you know, Gabriel was is now not Gabriel. You know, it's, it's something shifting and molding. And uh, for a good moment, he's just kind of silent you know watching until this transformation is complete mm -hmm. and um is my mark flaring up at him i don't know uh I mean, is it flaring up at all like is it a sudden one once he transforms or is it like did it come when that other werewolf started getting closer uh so they didn't really get closer they all kind of stayed at the same distance but 60 feet i'd say that your mark picks it up or would pick it up if it were something that would trigger it, but um, but nothing. There's no glow, uh, okay. which, as as you would know, both in character and out of character, that really yeah. only happens when something is. I'm not a threat like to a, you. Of yeah, yeah. That's why I was asking because that the term. We're the still response. cool. Don't worry. We're still <laughs> homies, man. Don't worry uh, about it. <laughs> it's it's clear. It's definitely uh, an uneasy gaze that's being bored into the back of us now lichen so this is the curse yes now let's show them and uh well he's not one to turn down killing beasts and so i will take my around. sword because i can use my sword as a lichen throw oh shit and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go for the first one the one in front of me like fuck it we're not gonna wait for them to make the first move well so much for peace <laughs> as you draw yeah, your sword from the guys. ice as you draw the sword from the ice uh you see the werewolf that is in front of you uh puts up 
a hand. Oh. Like as if to gesture, there's no need. Kind of. Okay. I kind of lower my guard, you know, keeping the sword in my hand, but I'll, I'll lower it to the ground. And I tilt my head slightly. And you see him shift back into a man before you. And his silhouette changes, and it looks it definitely looks like a painful transformation. But when he does transform, left shedded there on the ground are uh, are like tufts of of brown fur that uh, that are stark against the um, the white snow below. And he is a uh, a man with uh, like a single braid atop his head that goes back and like shaved sides of his head and and wearing uh, furs and um, and leathers. That, uh, that cover up his whole body, like gloves, boots, everything. Um, and he's got uh, kind of like a simple uh, a simple single hand axe down at his side and like one of those little rings on the belt that uh, just kind of like holds the axe by the by where the, the hilt meets the blade. Or the head of the axe, I should say. And he begins to step forward, uh, crunching snow beneath his feet. I will keep in leg and throw form for now. Just in case it's a trick. You don't keep slaves with you, do you? I do not. He ponders for a moment, looking between the, the three people that are with you. Who are you? What are your goals in the north? You don't look like you're from here. To claim this weapon. And for what purpose do you claim this weapon? Return south and stop the lich before the next dark rain. <laughs> The Lich. Uh, what does the next Dark Rain bring with the Lich? Who is this Lich? I am not sure myself, but from what I have heard from a few wise men now, he is a strong necromancer that seeks to bring upon the end times. There are no easy ways to say it. Transform whatever he can into his servants. And according to a druid we met in Fallowheart, the next Dark Rain will be worse than any before. And I like one edge of his lip up, revealing like a sneer of, of teeth that kind of glow in the, uh, in the moonlight that's coming down. Servants, you say? I nod. Seeks to enslave an army. Not living army. You carry the weapon of the Withered Warrior with you, and uh, Ruben's probably not wearing the half plate anymore. How's he carrying the half plate? Uh, no, he. I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's just kind of loose. It's just like one side of it's kind of done, so it's not. Oh, so it's not like tied up against him. Yeah. yeah. So he can breathe. Okay. okay. And uh, and like the gentle sort of glow of that ring on Tamaki's hand probably stands out in the dark. Hmm. So you passed the trials then, huh? I nod. We all did. He nods, thinking. It was not a single effort. He looks to the other werewolves and back to you. Kind of like casting his gaze all around to each of them. Then you may pass, and we mean you no harm. We only seek to free slaves. And if that man with you is old, sickly-looking one, was a slave, then we had reason to fight. Never. I would never enslave anyone. Now answer me this. Who are you? I know of your purpose. We sort of leave. 
Are you familiar with his origin? No, I am not. He was a slave once in the north here and killed his master. When... Uh, when he did, he sought to free other slaves like us. And he cast a glance to a couple of the other werewolves again. They kind of like let out grunts and, and huffs like, like it's a frustrating thing to remember. Then, when we were free, we wanted to join him. So we did. And with it took upon his curse. Willingly. There are many like us in the north. An army. You should join us. Or perhaps you, me, in this quest to stop the lich. If you truly seek to end servitude, well, this will be the servitude of all. Do you command the men of the north now? I do not command anyone who does not wish to follow me. If they so wish, they are welcome to join us. If... If you welcome the men of the north to be with you and fight along your side, then that means that you are comfortable with the slaves that they will bring with them. I heard you... one clan had slaves, is that not... There are a couple, and there are many slaves. We have been fighting to free them for some time. And if you choose to have them disband these laws, these ways of life, they will have backlash. So, I leave you with the choice. We would be glad to help you, but you must disband these slaves. And in so doing, you will create enemies, but you will have a fierce ally. I look to my left and right, like back towards the others. I'm inclined to agree with this guy. <coughs> uh, Marty, Marty. An, army, an army of werewolves anarchists? That sounds pretty cool. I'm with it. <laughs> Tamakti would pipe up. First, uh, the realm must be saved. After that, change will come. And so what then? You would approve of the slaves? Because it serves your purpose to free the realm, no. and then it will become a concern? No. If I agreed uh, of the slaves, I would have told the warriors to follow me or die. But I did not. Nor will I, I force any of the others on that boat to come with us. I merely observe that... Uh, Once we have stopped the Lich and I return north, I will tell the clans who choose to follow me. If they wish to follow me, they will abolish their slaves. And if they do not, well, we will fight. And can you as a man fight hundreds of men? No, I cannot. I am but one person, which is why I will need allies. And if you wish to be mine, I will welcome you to my side. But that is a choice for you to make. Where will you go once we leave you? I head to a boat off to the shore, maybe two or three miles away, with some Northmen to voyage south. We have to be in Astoria in 15 or so days. It will be the fastest way to go there, or the only way to make it in time. 15 or so days. I nod. If we run, we could reach the west of the island. 
It will take us some time. We will not be able to meet with you. And so I offer you another choice. Come with us back to Greyord's mountains north of Halsford instead of sailing east and meet Leif himself. Or travel east and be joined by man. It is your call to make. If we do not get to Astoria in the next 15 days, then the other side of this will not be able to stop whatever comes on their own. If we were entrusted to get this weapon and whoever would follow us with us and to join them as soon as we could. Unfortunately, I cannot deviate from this path. It will mean letting others down, letting them die. Then another suggestion. We have others north of Solheim. There is an outpost. It is our, our home in the northeast. It's only a couple hundred miles from here. It will take us five days to bring you there. We can run and build slides. There are trees up by the mountain, and he looks towards the way that you came towards Cindergast. Now look. From there, we will gather others and go to Hurst and around to Summerheim. It's then a short trip up the mountain and a river's travel to Telstar. How long? He thinks to himself for a moment. Uh, and how many men? <laughs> how many do you have in Solheim? Bro, this might be the play, guys. You might have to fucking ride, you know, werewolf sleds. It will take us five days to get to Kendar. And from Kendar, it will take us another seven days to reach Summerhelm. From Summerhelm to Mount Vengeance, it will take perhaps three or four more days. And then the river's ride could be two more, perhaps. It's difficult to say. So we'd be a bit late. Cutting it close. But to be honest, we might we might also cut it short with the boat because you know a storm could happen. We could crash on the shore. Like plenty of things could go wrong on the boat as well. Hmm. Yeah, but I feel like they're experienced at doing their boat shit. You know. Yeah, and these guys seem pretty experienced in running too. Like you know? yeah. So I think both running of them have their advantages. The north, yeah. Sailing around the north, just pretty much just as dangerous. Like, unless, you know, these boats don't have, you know, those fucking ice-crushing things at the front. Like, we don't have that yet. So. Yeah. And your friends, are they two lichens like you? I shake my head. I am the only. And will we be at all a concern to them? And he, like, eyes between, um, bit between Speaker Corrin and, uh, yeah, Dimakti I, and I, I'd say Ruben looks fairly concerned. I'm yeah, I look, I look back towards <laughs> Ruben and uh, Speaker Corrin just because I know, you know, if they're not okay with this. Well. Yeah, I look to you, to the two of you. What do you think? I will not embark on this if you are not comfortable, Ruben. And an extension, Corrin, because Ruben respects you. We would travel with beasts to meet another hundred beasts. They are not beasts. In appearance, maybe. You are a beast. You're a monster. 
How could you travel with this man, Reuben? He did not know. And, and Reuben's silent for a moment as he thinks. Beast, perhaps, but not a monster. Not one that needs to be hunted, at the least. Uh, and he he kind of, you know, in order to show Corrin, pulls down his uh, cloak a little bit, like fur cloak, to show his neck and how the symbol is not glowing. And then tucks it back up. If you wish to declare me monster simply for this, after all we have done and what you have seen, then so do it. I will not judge you. We... That would seem fairly short-sighted, given what I we stand to lose. We bowed to you in that tomb, knowing that we would all possibly die there. This is your decision, whether I am comfortable with it or not. And and Speaker Corrin kind of like grits his teeth. Uh, it's the kind of expression that somebody has when they're like eating their own words. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and, I'm looking at Speaker Corrin. I'm staring at him. Little and, shit. And he he kind of looks back to Corrin. Regardless, there will be blood. It does not matter the source. There will be blood. Once all this is finished, Speaker Corrin. If you wish to strike me down, I will give you the stake. You know I cannot beat you in battle. Who said anything about battle? Do what you will. I will stand by Reuben, and if Reuben judges this worthy, then I will travel with him. I will not abandon my son. Now look to Reuben. Hmm. And, uh... and I looked at Tamakti. What of you? Tamakti uh, shrugs. Uh, you can practically see on the horizon, like a mile and a half away on this flat terrain, like the uh, the lights at the top of the ships, like in the masts. You're this How many close. ships does it seem like they have? There could be some hiding behind others, but ones that you can count, perhaps 15, 20. That's a lot of ships. A lot of ships. That's a couple guys, you know. <laughs> I <just> look. <laughs> it's only a short walk Dude, there. Why, I mean, why I don't see why. I know, I know. I know it's only a short walk there, but the thing is, Wang, who would be the better ally here? Right, like an army of werewolves. Tell them to meet us in the fucking. I mean, are they really an army? Or I, I, that's what I'm. Hold on, that's what I'm gonna try to figure out. I look towards the the werewolf, or the the guy that was a werewolf. How many men do you have in Solheim? What could possibly be done is that we sail with these Northmen and we could meet you there around the coast. From what they have said, that is how they will travel, close to the coast. If they have with them a single slave, they will be brought to the stake, burned at the cross. I nod. As will you. I nod. He looks as if in strong contemplation right now. I'm talking like this is the decision of his life. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. We seek an end to slaves. No man should be owned. And so in this right. Sorry, wrong accent this whole time. Don't worry <laughs> about it. We seek an end to the slaves. And in this right, the leech should not own the undead. 
We will travel west and gather others. Where should we meet you? Then if you wish to do so, meet me at Talistar as soon as you can. Talistar, we will find it. We are good at this. I am certain you are. We will be sure to make the rendezvous as well. And if we do not get there, assume the storms have taken us. He takes in a deep breath and he steps forward. Now, you know, only like 30 feet away from you. And extends a, a hand kind of like at waist level. Yeah. Expecting that you'll walk the other half of the 30 feet. Of course, I do so. And he clasps onto your forearm and brings you, like, pulls you in close to him. I lower myself because I'm in still ear. in werewolf. Yeah. Speaking into your ear. For your sake and for ours, do not bring slaves with you. I nod. I will do my best. Then we will go now. And he steps back and just bursts into, like, something that he's done plenty of times, just bursts into fur and a taller figure and, like, crackling and stretching of skin. And all of a sudden, he turns and he begins to run off into the woods, or into the, the night, into the snow, and out of sight, his silhouette fading in the distance. And still at the edge of your sight, you can see fires uh, of these lanterns gently swaying from side to side as the ships rock. I will uh, shift back in my normal form. Watch them run away and mumble to myself, uh, so short-sighted. Bones crack and last for maybe a minute or two and I, I'm back to myself, turn back around. Now I'll go uh, pick up my cloak again and my sword. All right. Well, are we ready to go? Yes, uh, let us move with haste. I nod. And uh, and something I wanted to ask Prowler. Yes. In in the midst of Speaker Gorin's whole speech of like uh, sort of looking down his nose at uh, at uh, at Strider's character, was he still sitting on my tiny little disc floating <laughs> three feet off the air? You know, probably, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to confirm. I didn't want to interrupt you during some great role play, but I just had that visual in my mind. I wanted to literally like yeah, a he's just like Z character. He's, he's sitting, uh, you know, cross-legged there, just like hovering. He's sitting on a fucking Roomba, casting judgment on my buddy. <laughs> a Roomba. All right, I yeah. Think. I forgot about that. Well, then we should move. Indeed. Let us. What's that fat fucking frog from Warhammer that sits on his chair and floats around? I wouldn't know. Oh, uh, Monster Monday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm imagining now. Yeah, just this big toad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so so you guys begin to resume your travels uh, east by northeast, if we were to be specific. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a mile and a half is not far to travel before you reach the ships, and you can hear the waters calling to you just lapping at the ice and uh and gently rocking the boats and, and splashing up against the sides of them in small little waves and uh and you can see where the ice uh begins to get thin as it's like there's a long platform of uh of like planks of wood uh that are just kind of like hammered with uh with batons into the ice to create sort of like a kind of like a walking platform in case the ice were to break or get too thin and so it's probably wide enough for you guys to walk like single file. 
but it stretches out like a couple hundred feet uh, until the edge of the uh, the ice where it meets uh, kind of like a small um, like dock where the ships are. And then there are um, like planks running from one ship to the next to the next to the next um, as a means of like transportation between the ships. Excellent. Um, I guess when we're on the docks, I will look for either like the guy that we talked to back at the camp or the wise woman. Yeah, the translator. You see the translator carrying what looks like a uh, a small barrel um, over his shoulder uh, across the planks ahead of you. Um, and then uh, it looks like he's about to board the first ship. All right, I beckon in his general direction. We made it in time. He turns and looks over his shoulder. And of course, I make sure to have the withered warrior's sword like on my shoulder, pretty much. And uh, a gentle smile like crests or uh, crests the um, left side of his mouth, revealing a couple of his teeth. And glad, I'm very glad to see your face. I know. We'll be leaving in the morning, a few hours from now. Good. We will join you if you will have us. Come aboard. Uh, you may uh, take up your position on this ship. This is the head. I nod and uh, step, in, step in next to him to board the ship. Oh, and also, I look at him. Tell me, friend, which clans are present here, if many, or if is it only one? There are representatives from a couple here that have put aside their differences in the sake of raiding. Why? Why do you ask? Because I ask for those who would follow us in our task. Suppose it is something the leaders and us can discuss once we are sailing. Right. Well, just stay on the first, uh, the top deck and the first floor beneath the top deck. I nod. The men on the bottom floor might be a bit much for you. Tilt my head. Very well. I will step on the boat. Ruben's right behind him. Right. And as you, like, uh, step up this kind of angular uh, or horizontal um, kind of, like, plank with, with little, like, uh, cross studs for the sake of, like, having actual grip as you step up. Kind of like, like steps almost, but... Um, you make your way onto the ship and it, it rocks gently as you... Uh, you arrive on the top deck and you see people like moving around setting sails to be ready and, and like making sure the ropes are are uh, unfrayed and that they'll they'll withhold any sort of stress that's put on them and and barrels being like secured to uh, to sides and, and crates and and this is this is a Northman ship definitely there's not like... a noticeable reaction to uh, our presence like are people kind of I don't know yeah, I like would, we're I would cool. think yeah, that when worshiping uh, us as gods, when the <laughs> king of when the king of the north rocks up, I would think people I'm not would king though. Wait up! You guys are more like shepherds, like like idols that unite the people, but not quite quote unquote kings. Them. Like the dude um, from Avatar. Uh, oh yeah, name? it's clear that you're not from here, and everyone in the north has heard the stories of the trinkets of the withered warrior, and they know like what his plate looks like, and what his sword looks like, and what his ring looks like. And so they, they, like, glance at you, and then they do second, like, glances, like, double takes, where they notice, wait, 
who are who are these people and and uh why do they have the wither warriors stuff and uh and and kind of like a gruff uh bulkier sort of northman approaches you where are you from who does he address this to kind of like amongst all of you like casting his, his gaze from one person to the next where did you get those things and what brings you here to our boats we're all from different places i suppose but south of course i am from the shano kingdom and we have gotten these in Sinagast. Passing the trial of the Withered Warrior. The trials. You want me to believe that you came from the south and passed the trials. That you have the right to lead us. I nod. That is what I am telling you. You hear the uh, the translator like come up behind him and kind of like put a hand on his shoulder and say a few a few things in, in the uh, the Valakan tongue. And then the uh, the kind of bulkier figure looks a little bit, uh, not quite at ease, but like uh, content enough with the answer to leave you guys alone, but like walks away with a, with a clenched jaw. And the translator says to you, Don't worry about him. He'll come around. They'll all come around. It's... I was going to tell you, friend, if any of them wish to test our might, I am more than willing to offer myself. And I'm sure that some of them will. But for now, you should rest. I will have a couple of hours to look after you in your quarters, and when the morning Thank you. sun rises, we will set sail for the east to raid Novostoya and Malkovia. I must ask you before, I never got your name. He like takes in a, a deep breath. My name is Thorgrim. Thorntrin, I am Gabriel. Pleasure to formally make your acquaintance. It is, and he nods his head once. This is Tamakti, Quarren, and Ruben. And Ruben raises his hand to wave a little bit. He nods at each of you, repeating your name, Quarren, Ruben, Tamakti. Thank Good. you for your hospitality. I suppose we can use the rest. It was a long few days. Yes, and you will make your place on the deck just below here, towards the back of the ship. You will I be far away from the slaves, so you won't need to worry about their stench. Don't worry. About that, we will need to discuss those. But that can wait. And uh, I will go towards, you know, the staircase, I guess, that leads to the bottom deck. Mm -hmm. And as you go below deck, it is, like pitch black except for the the lanterns that sort of light up the area around you and uh and as you make your way for the back of the ship you see that there's a, a single kind of door like a like a, almost a vip quarters kind of um nice and there are a couple men that have already been tasked to guard it in fact they're not both men one of them is a is a man and, and the other one is kind of like a shield maiden nice i guess um i suppose the slaves are like a deck below right yeah probably yes the uh, yeah. They're probably people rowing. Yeah. That's yeah. what he. That's what he meant by they might be a bit too much for you. <laughs> God damn it! We're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to go visit these slaves, man. I'm gonna have to connect with the people here. All right. Well, I guess uh, once we're down there, we will make our way towards the back end, which he told us to go. 
Yeah, and like I said, uh, outside the door, there's a oh, okay, sorry, kind of like a a North man and and a North woman kind of shield maiden there, and and I I just kind of look at them expectantly, but uh, the um, Thorden told us to come here and lodge. Yes, and we've been waiting for you. The shield maiden oh. says. I'm surprised word got around. Well, we were there at the camp, and when he, um, when we made our way to the ships, uh, we were informed that we would be expecting guests that should be uh, watched over. I nod, and I give a small bow. I thank you for this. Yes, of course. You're welcome in. You'll have four beds and some trunks to keep your supplies in, should you need to. I nod and make my way towards the door, I suppose, unless, of course, they stop me. I don't think they would. They wouldn't. All right, I'll open the door. Thank you for your hospitality, Ruben says as well, as he, as he steps past to uh, go inside. Tell me, uh, does the woman who made the stew in the camp also cook the food on this vessel? Yes, this vessel belongs to mostly us. We are a majority of the people on it, and uh, a few of us are on another one of the ships, but we are only on two of them. Smarty would nod. This is good. Our stew is very tasty. And then he will yes. uh, he'll walk inside as well. And and they both kind of eye each of you as you pass by, and Corrin doesn't say anything uh, as he enters in, and you guys see that there are, uh, like, sort of double bunks to your left and to your right, and then there are, like, chests up against the, the far wall from you guys. And uh, a single sort of little window, like a little hole, that uh, that looks out towards um, towards the the sea behind the ship, uh, currently kind of casting its gaze on uh, on the way that you guys came from on the ice. I'd like to uh, kind of dump the I don't, I don't know claim, you know, probably one of the. You should go ask that's... someone to fix that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that soon. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to for the moment. Uh, go and start dumping my equipment on one of... How many beds are there? Uh, four total. Convenient. Yes. Yeah, very. Uh, <laughs> on the back <laughs> right one. Uh, well, well they're, they're like double bunks, so it's like... Oh, okay. The top right one or the bottom right one, you know? Uh, I, I take bottom I, right. Fuck. All right, top right then. <laughs> Okay, Corrin takes uh, bottom left. Which leaves Demokti with the top left. Alright, <laughs> that's that's one the one he'll take then. Yeah, so I start uh, dumping my equipment there. And then, uh, you know, is there is there any of them in that room besides us? Or is it just... It's just you guys. They're just meant to be kind of like door guards in case like anyone got any wrong ideas about you guys. As you saw, that um, that one Northman at the top of the ship seemed a little bit hesitant or reluctant to kind of follow your lead. That's all um, right. We'll have words. It's likely that there will be others, it is fair to assume. And so you guys have people watching over you. Then uh, now that we finally have a moment of uh, safety and rest, Ruben's going to go over towards that window in the back and begin praying. Got it. Okay. I will remove a uh, start removing my plate armor. I guess probably not comfortable to sleep in. And uh, look towards Ruben. I'll wait for him to be done with his prayer, of course, before speaking. 
Oh, uh, well, in that case, if you're just watching him, yeah. I guess I'll describe what he does. Yeah, yeah go yeah, ahead. Let's hear that. Let's, let's yeah, he, he removes his helmet, and he sets it in front of him, and he drops down to his knees. You know, and, and it's all slow motions. You know, he's not in any hurry. And um, there is a kind of slithering dagger that he's had with him since uh, Olstenberg that he withdraws. And um, you'd probably be watching from his bag, but it's clear, you know, he cuts himself somewhere either along his arm or his hand. I need you to and... make a... Uh... Yeah? I need you to make a wisdom saving Attack throw. Him? A wisdom saving throw? Okay, stand uh -oh. by. Or what? Not the Okay, Ooh. continue. Yeah, he, uh, he he cuts himself, you know, on uh, either the, the hand or the arm. He rolled a 16, just to, just to put yeah. that out there. Right, we have to do that now. Go ahead. And uh, he begins to quietly speak, which I'm sure you could hear. Mm -hmm. um, I offer my blood and speak to you as your humble servant with a request. Please extend your protection to Halifax and Rylon. Though their beliefs differ, we all work towards the same goal, and their well-being means a great deal to me. I also ask your permission to write in your sacred tongue. I hope this prayer finds you well, Lord. And hey. uh, that's... Sorry, go ahead. Oh. I was just going to say that's, you know, he, he mutters some other kind of what seems like practice words, you know, the same thing like amen would be, you know, and then uh, looks towards the window for a little bit. Okay. And uh, and as you kind of like uh, slice yourself, uh, you feel like a strong urge to dig more and deeper, like wider slice, deeper slice, and uh, and you're able to resist it and just kind of let out a little bit. And as it sort of uh, drips down from you, it, it begins to uh, spread out very thin and uh, and cover a wider sort of space, and more of it seems to flow out from the cut than, than what is probably normal for somebody. And you see a head poke out from this small little uh. pool of blood. Oh. The Lord sends me to check up on you, Ruben. It is Kirill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this must be really weird for <laughs> for Tamagdi. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ruben doesn't seem surprised in the least bit, uh, but I'll let Cover go real quick. Yeah, before you do, hold on. Let me explain what the head looks like. So Corin, Corin doesn't seem very phased by this. This is something that Gabriel has seen before, uh, but. Um, Kirill is a, is a very strange looking figure, uh, as you can see on the foundry right now. He's sort of like cast of all sinew and muscle and bone, uh, without any skin and a very kind of horse-like, uh, skull that forms around his own head. And, um, and he's like pale white eyes with a long mouth that runs back down his neck halfway, um, with sharp, jagged teeth and two kind of red horns that come up on uh, on the sides of his head like in a straight up and then uh, or straight back and then up so what do you do uh, so tamati is going to have uh, kind of come in stashed his gear he'll keep his uh he'll keep his uh flintlock pistols on his uh, on his hips 
But then he's actually going to uh, sort of turn on his heels and head back out in search of the uh, the stew master. Oh, thank uh, God. <laughs> so he probably doesn't see this then. Okay. Nope. Okay, then, uh, then back to this scene. So he just said that the Lord sends him to check up on you. Hello, Q. And uh, he, he he stands and steps back a little bit. So, you know, Kiro's not raising into him, pretty much. Yes, I am. Well, so are the rest of us. Do you have questions? I have no questions. No, the Lord had no questions. But he does send me something. And um, not with me, but sent me on a mission. I will not see you for some time should you need me. And and he nods his head again. There is a creation of his somewhere down in the south. I will be looking for it until I find it. And for your servitude to him, I am to find it and return it to you. It is his after all, and so whomever may have it down in the south do not rightfully deserve to claim it. We are heading to Tarstars, I'm sure you are aware. Yes, and the Lord is excited for what work will be done there. With that being said, um, this thing that uh, he brings uh, me to send for you, I will be gone for some time as previously mentioned, but when I return, you will be blessed with his prized creation. Something that spreads much blood. It is called Star Thinker. And he nods again, but clearly he doesn't. He probably is this is this something I would know of? You know, is this something that's ever been talked of? Okay, then yeah. Yeah, he definitely he he seems he understands, but you know, the meaning of this object is lost on him. He believes Uh, that it will suit you well. Then I thank him for this gift, should it ever arrive. Yes. He encourages you as well to, um... Uh, Kirill kind of, like, lifts one hand out in the in the shallow pool, uh, like, aside his head and points down below deck. Should you choose to dispose of some of your guests, the Lord would be pleased with this. I understand. Yes. And he retracts his hand back down into the blood. <laughs> For the listeners, this is a common trend where, uh, where like, because of this sort of figure that um, that Reuben worships, uh, his messenger kind of, for lack of a better word, like demon or fiend, uh, kind of like uh, transports via these portals that are created uh, by blood. And so he's just kind of popping his head up to his neck out of this kind of portal right now. It's it's not wide enough for him to, like, step his whole body out. Um, but yeah, continue. Um, I asked a question. Do you have an answer from the Lord to my request? Ah, uh, sorry. There's few people to keep track of. What was the question again? I asked to write and this sacred time. Ah, yes, yes. No, he is entirely understanding of this. It is only a way to spread his word in his name. And and he nods again. Thank you. Yes, I should be going now. 
So, I will see you again someday, perhaps. Yes, I am sure you will. Safe travels. Like, before you even finish saying safe travels, he's already, like, ducked his head back (laughs) into the blood, and the blood is just blood. There on the ground, like, uh, painting the, uh, the wooden floors... Uh, kind of a crimson and if there were any gaps between the floorboards some of it would probably be gently dripping down onto the slaves below oh poor slaves <laughs> um yeah and, I uh, look at Ruben uh given that Ruben you know uh, he he hasn't turned around yet he 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 looks down to his helmet and um kind of smears what's left on his hand against the top of it and then starts fiddling with his knife against the metal uh doesn't seem like he's too distracted but uh you know if you wanted to say something it's probably a good time uh yes you might want to go check to get that plate repaired by someone who knows what they are doing I... It should be handled with care, considering what it is. He nods again. I would not settle for anything less. I will um, get to this momentarily, once I finish. I nod. Very well. And uh, I suppose uh, I will go to sleep. You know, it's been a long, it's been a long couple of days. Not much sleep had, so you know, uh... as soon as my plate's done being removed, I will crash down in, in my bed. Before you do that, oh. uh, Ruben turns a little bit to actually look at you over his shoulder. Have you thought more on what I asked about being a hunter? Well, you can see how that could be a problem now. And he shakes his head again. In fact, that only encouraged me more so. You did Once. not side with your kind. You instead did as I would which is protect those you were with despite the enemy you might face I nod of course I would like the help that goes without saying just like I would like the Northmen's help but I'm not one to force anyone into servitude if they wish to help me so be it seems the grandeur of all of this is lost on many but hopefully we can make the Northmen see at whatever meeting they have us attend and And I will consider once all of this is over and he nods if the day ever comes you wish to bear the mark as your ancestors did let me know I will be waiting and he he gives a, a solemn now Solemn bow, sorry. Very well. For now I sleep. It has been a long few days. Yes, yes. Sleep well. And uh, goes to bed. And that's a good excuse for me to be right back because I need water. And uh, Ruben goes back to carving. So uh, that's about all he's doing for now. Okay. And then coming over to Covert with Tamakti. Uh, and, and Corn, by the way, is probably also, like, watching very closely as you're carving into your helmet, like, sitting down next to you and, you know, complimenting your work. Um, 
but uh, coming back to Tamakti, Tamakti, you heard just kind of like what, wandering the ship in search of of this uh, this woman that had made this stew? Or <clears throat> I suppose really just if there's like a kitchen of sorts or a galley, I suppose. Yeah, probably uh, somewhere on the same floor that you guys are on the second floor. Okay, uh, Tamakti will uh, will wander around until he <clears throat> has located that, and then he'll try and I guess ascertain the the person in charge. Yeah, and the the like uh, older woman is actually there with a couple of the others that you recognize from the merchant camp, and she's kind of got her back turned as she's going over all of the different um, things that um, that they have in stock for for their travels to eat and drink. Is there any food currently being made, or are they just kind of taking stock right now? It looks like they're just taking stock, and she's kind of talking to one of the other uh, people that are there, like a, a kind of taller but lankier sort of north man, and this will go well with um, these spices, and perhaps we could get at least three meals for the ship out of this crate here. Uh, be sure to keep this drink away from the others. They, you know how they get. Excuse me. She turns over her shoulder. Oh, yes. Can I help? Oh, it's you. Welcome, welcome back amongst the ship. Thank you very much. I wondered if perhaps uh, you have some stew or uh, something else that could be eaten by many uh, currently. Oh, sorry. We will not be cooking until at least the first hour of light. I see. Um, Are you hungry now? Uh, You could say that, yes. Do you have any mm, fruit? Oh, child, you are in the north. We do not have fruit here. I am looking for something that can be uh, easily shared. Easily shared? We have meat. We have bread. The bread is old and stale, but it's still bread. Of the meat, uh, do you have any that is dried or salted? Always. It will be difficult for us to <laughs> cook on this ship, per se. Tomati would nod. Very well. Such would is you, the uh, way of wood that it catches fire so easily. Would you mind if I uh, were to take some? It will... Be quite a bit, I warn you. Uh, probably mm, five to ten uh, stones. I don't know what the what the weight system of of this uh, this world for, is. For sake of the listeners, we can just use like pounds or kilograms. Okay. Five to ten pounds. That's a lot of food. What do you need it for? You're surely not going to eat at all. Mm. My friends and I have big appetites. Tamaki would, would smile. Child, you have to understand that we must ration for the whole ship. And that is true, but um, nourishment is very important. I'm sure you understand. We will, we will make it up if necessary. I am uh, not an improficient hunter. I could stop, uh, I'm sure, along our travels and uh, bag a a few elk or deer to make up for the losses. I would do that for you. He pauses for a moment. That would delay the ship, though. 
We won't be stopping until we reach Malkovia. Well, then I shall replace the losses with my own coin when we stop there. They're not going there to buy anything. <laughs> it is a difficult thing to say, child. Coin will not feed us on the ship. Then I ask that you give whatever you can spare, please. And I guess Tamakti would make a, a persuasion. Persuasion? Check. Yeah, go for it. Dude, why do you need 10 Crab. pounds of meat? A five. Trash. That's rough. Terrible. I'm sorry, child, but there is so little to spare that we cannot risk it in case something were to happen. Surely you understand. I do. I do. Well, then, might I take the rations uh, for uh, myself and my friends, at least for the day, whatever meager supplies that may be? He nods slowly. Yes, here, let me get them. She turns around and uh, and kind of, like, brings her hands out in front of herself, like, uh, kind of raising her fingers as if trying to point herself in the right direction and then sort of stumbles off to the right. There's a slight limp to her step. And, uh, and she makes her way over to um, a, a barrel that is just filled with uh, with like um, ice from uh, from the lake or the sea, frozen sea. And from out of it, she pulls some uh, some meat that uh, is already cooked and has just been like staying uh, on ice for the time being. It will need to thaw for some time, child, perhaps an hour or two, but we'll be ready to eat when the time comes. Tamakti would uh, would nod his head and thanks. And, she nods uh, and head. She the... hands you like a full elk leg for the for you and your your people. For, okay. uh, and likely, uh, she explains. This is a ration for three days, so. It will be until then that you need to make this last and will not be able to come to us for more. I'm, I'm sorry. I understand. Marty would, uh, would nod to her again. Thank you so much uh, for everything you do. Uh, and then Tamakti would take this frozen elk leg um, and he would head downstairs mm -hmm. uh, to the slaves' quarters. Yeah, and... <laughs> Okay, and uh, and so you make your way down this last set of stairs, and and you hear like the the elder um, lady just kind of poor child, like just mumbling to herself gently as you're leaving. And as you make your way down these stairs, it is dark. Like if you thought that the the middle floor was dark, this floor is dark, and the stench hits you like a wave of like body odor and uh, and people who just have not bathed or or been taken very good care of. I will, and they, uh, I will immediately cast uh, Dancing Lights upon myself as I descend into the darkness. And they uh, they kind of like gasp in, in shock and raise their hands to block their eyes and are, and are kind of like uh, pushing themselves up against the sides of the ship as if this is like something that caught them way off guard and is, uh, is frightening to them in some way. I, I raise my hands up. Do not be afraid, children. Who are you? And and they say a bunch of other things like, What are you doing here? Why us? As for the why you, I'm afraid that 
That cannot be answered simply. Fate has a way of grinding its wheels upon the most downtrodden and least deserving of its people. As for why I am here, uh, Tamakti will uh, will pull out his uh, his small push dagger, uh, and he'll begin shaving pieces of the uh, of the frozen elk leg off, and uh, and passing them around. Here, eat. As you extend one to the first person in line, it's it's like a a thirteen or fourteen year old boy, who is just like bone thin and emaciated, and pale. And he takes it with kind of hesitation, as if it's some sort of trick, perhaps, and he can't believe it, and that he's afraid it might be harmful to him in some way. Uh, Tamakti will uh, will take another piece and uh, and sort of demonstrate and uh, sort of hold it in his mouth. You chew it slowly to get the most out of the nutrients. He would nod to himself. You will need all of your strength, all of your energy for the coming voyage. I... Uh, Cannot tell you how I will do it, but I promise I will help you. And he, he Damn, take, shout out. He takes the food and like bites off half of the slice and starts to savor it. And his eyes water a little bit. And he, he says through like a, not even having eaten the second half of that slice, he already extends his hand out and he says, please, more, please. Yes, more. You will have to wait until the rest of you have eaten. It is only fair, child, I'm sorry. Now, Tamaki would sort of raise his voice slightly, sort of an orderly uh, tone. I need you all to make a line, please. It is the only way everyone can eat. I promise everyone will eat. And people kind of like scramble to get in line. And some of them are pushing each other to get to get closer in line, and, and suddenly they're they're shouting at each other. Out of my way! I was here first. There is this no is need. Everyone will eat. Causing a ruckus will only make this more difficult for everyone. I promise you that. Now please, be There's calm. And the first person in line is a younger woman, maybe sixteen or fifteen, and her hair is like a. a, a matted sort of mop on her head with strands going in all directions and it's kind of like blonde you never met matisse but she has like a, a strange sort of it looks like a, almost like a younger matisse um and yeah, i don't know who that is so i don't care yeah <laughs> i do though i do and and she I takes miss the matisse. food and and holds it in both hands close to her chest thank you sir thank you so much and, and kind of like steps past you and the next is like a, an older man with graying hair and, and a graying beard that comes down to his chest. And he takes the food. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. There is no need for this. Uh, do not thank me. I'll do only what is necessary, what is required. And he steps aside. And you catch a strange theme as, as you, each of these people comes to you. They w make an insight, actually, please. Okay. I can do that. That's an eight. God, bless America. I tell you what, it's not been uh, great for me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you find that um, 
the reasoning may not be clear, but you do notice that there's a trend of them being young or old and not quite in the best shape. Maybe it was before, maybe they weren't in the greatest of shape before they became slaves, or maybe they were and they've just not been fed very well. But um, there are a lot of them that if, if they were slaves for at least a couple of years, they started being a slave at the age of nine, 10, 50s, 60s. It can be intuited that all of the fighting age individuals were put to the sword and the young and the old were taken for slaves. It's possible. We're going to put an end to that. Tamakti uh, <clears throat> will do his best to estimate how many people are, are in the below deck and thus try and ration the meat so that everyone has some. 20. 20? 20 mouths to feed. Okay. Well, if that if the elk leg was made for four people to eat, <clears throat> yeah, for three days, mm-hmm. likely being kind of generous with the rations. As I well. I think I can probably squeeze it. Yeah, I mean, this would probably be if you were to ration out like half rations or, or quarter rations. I don't know what kind of what kind of idea do you think? Like, if each one of you was to eat like a double ration off of this elk meat that would last you three days. I'll I'll try and save enough for us uh, so that <laughs> obviously nobody else knows. You've taken our rations. This. Obviously nobody it's else fine. knows that I'm doing this, so I don't want to like screw the rest of the party out of eating. So I'll try and save enough for us so that we're not going to go hungry, so to speak. But these people need it a lot more than we do. Um, yeah, I think it's a good cause at least. So I'll I'll try character. and I'll try uh, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. Tamakti will try and and save enough of the food uh, so that they'll be able to eat at least something every day, all four of them. Um, so probably probably giving each of the slaves uh, more uh, protein and nutrition than they're used to. Uh, at all, really, I would assume they're probably given like a, a meager f- meal of broth or something. I think you're able to ration it out kind of how you imagine. Okay. And uh, in the end, it works out. The uh, They may not have the most filled bellies, the slaves, but it's it's visible in their eyes, the appreciation that they hold for you. And I mean, when someone's been starved for that long, it's, it's not good to give them too much either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how you kill somebody. Uh, Tamakti will, uh, will clear his throat <laughs> to try and get their attention. I will... Be back when I can. I'm sorry, I can do no more for now, but I will be back. Please. I'm sorry. I cannot for now, otherwise I would arouse suspicion. I will be back in a few days. Until then, you must survive. Uh, And with that, uh, Tamakti will uh, extinguish the lights and uh, and return to uh, to the cabin. That was a good scene. I was a fan of that. And so you make your way up the stairs to the second floor and back to, like, the cabin that you guys are staying in? Yes. Okay. And by the time that you uh, come back, it's fair to assume that Ruben is done riding on his helmet. Where is Gabriel this time? Gabriel is literally sleeping. Like, I I fell asleep, so... Got it. Yeah, I'd say by the time... Uh, Tamakti's coming in. Ruben had already, like, readorned his helmet and is on the way out with his kind of busted armor. Mm-hmm. So they're 
likely just bump into each other. And uh, and as you two kind of, you're making your way out of this cabin, he's making his way in, uh, or making his way to, and uh, you guys both see standing in front of the door about to hit his, like the the hard part of his, uh, like side of his fist on the door, um, and one hand on a on the hilt of a sword. You guys see this larger North man from before. Right. And nod uh, to him. Yeah, and the door opens, I guess, as his fist is raised, and Ruben's also standing there and just staring at him. Uh, by the way, Cover, what languages do you speak? Uh, an excellent question. I speak. Is that as relevant? Imperial norm and celestial. Okay. And so this man is standing in front of the store. What do you do? Are you going to uh, open it or I sort of oh, say it's behind him? Open. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like Ruben is standing in front of this guy. You're standing off to his side, probably. Can we help you? It can wait for another time. No, no, Sorry please. To disturb. Whatever it's... you had to say, <clears throat> I'm sure we're both very interested in what it was. Please, you're already here. Yes. He turns and he walks off. And uh, Ruben watches him go and then steps out. Uh, and how are you faring? I am speaking of Tamakti. I am doing very well. That's good. That's good. Uh, you, would, you would see held in, in one of Tamakti's hands a severely depleted uh, haunch of elk. A Looked very like carved and like then withered away at with a knife. Uh, you would see that Ruben's helmet now has some uh, unreadable writing, I guess, right? Yeah, I'd say that if if he speaks celestial and imperial norm, then he doesn't recognize what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah, and uh, he's kind of staring at your elk leg. Uh, is that us? Ah, yes, it, it is. Our rations for a few days. He would use the elk leg to gesture to the helmet. I like the new decoration. Very artistic. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll, I'll post a picture for you real quick of what it looks like in D&D 2. All right, all right. Uh, moving on, then. Um, well, I guess Corn would probably be sleeping and Gabriel's sleeping, so yeah, it is, it is just you guys. Right. Well, How I'm, much is left of the elk leg, by the way? Uh, probably Does it look like enough for three days, like for all four of us. If you stretch it in yeah. some broth, we'll be okay. Yeah, Ruben doesn't seem to really notice that that wouldn't be what they would just I'm normally do. And we can like use if you this, really I mean, stretch it. We've got uh, rations of our own. We can we can use this to augment our rations. Wait, well, I mean, how many do you have rations? Because I know I do, but I know Ruben doesn't. Is that all they gave us for three days? Yes. Uh, but <clears throat> I'm afraid uh, some of it was donated without your permission. I apologize, but. Uh, well, donated? In my experience, it is better to ask forgiveness than permission. <laughs> uh, you mean. The slaves. Yes. Uh, 
That is what I meant. Um, if this food does not prove enough to be he, uh, sustenance for all of us, I have rations that he I can use to augment it. I do not mind. It is fine. Thank you for telling me the truth, at least. Tamaki would uh, would nod. Are you uh, going I'm out onto the vessel? Going to see if there's someone here who can fix this. And he uh, lifts up the armor that's in his hand with the massive dent in the chest. Very well. Well, uh, walk carefully, Reuben. Uh, not all these Northmen are uh, mm. pleased of our presence. Well, I am confident I can handle myself. In most, it's, he says, looking back down to the <laughs> dented and chest plate again, remembering how he almost died on a sled. All right. As long as none of them are made of stone, huh? and he'd sort of clap yes. you on the shoulder and then uh, walk inside. He he watches as you walk in and mm -hmm. then continues on towards, I guess, the upper deck. Yeah, definitely upper deck. Okay, and as you make your way up onto the top deck, you hear mm -hmm. shouting, and you hear the din of battle. Oh clanging swords and screams of pain and and oh, death shit. and screams of victory and you knew that the people on these ships were of different clans from different sides of the war and it registers with you that this may have been a setup and that is where we are going to end this week's session Bruh. I was trying to have... I, I had a speech ready for uh, the North fun. God damn it. Yeah, and so that's where we're going to end this session. Um, we thank you guys for listening uh, to this episode. I, uh, I apologize to Jimmy for all the editing that he's going to have to do to it. Um, but, as always, um, thank you again. We hope you uh, listen in on the next episode where we pick up uh, at whatever this conflict is happening and how that goes. And as always, never split the party. Thank you. See you next time.